Episode number 271, Who Hits Harder, Creed 2 or Ralph Breaks the Internet? We review both Creed 2 and Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet in non-spoiler and spoiler sections. We discuss why Warner Brothers and Disney are putting up a dude who talks to fish and a magical nanny with a flying umbrella up against each other this Christmas. And we discuss Lee McHale and Neil deGrasse Tyson being super problematic. All this and more in the latest episode of the Say Something Nice podcast. Why is it every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Why don't you know y'all just say something nice? Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast, film, TV, and music news, discussions, and reviews from a multicultural point of view. In addition to our Say Something Nice challenge, in which we challenge each other to say something nice about the best and worst in pop culture. Be sure to check us out at ssnpodcast.com and on all social media under the handle at SSMPodcast. Our show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, and wherever else great podcasts can be found. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher so that more people can find our show. Thanks, and here we go. Everybody and welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. So glad to have you here today. I am Brandon. Today is Sunday, December the second, two thousand and eighteen. Dear God, the year's almost over. I am here with Ali. Hello. Who I am going to tell you barraged into my home unannounced. I huffed and I puffed and I blew the door down. Yes, you did. Yeah. Uh, and Coffee Light and Sweet. Hey! And Theo. What's going on? And Latria is here. She is on um, a phone call right quick. But we are all here today to talk about some stuff. Like our main discussion will be reviews of Creed 2 and Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Two movies we've seen over the Thanksgiving holiday we want to talk about. But there's plenty of other things to talk about. Good, bad, and in between. So let's go ahead and let's get started with that. So we talk about the things that we have seen and heard. And I actually want Ali to go first because after watching the first 15 minutes, last time we recorded, Ali sat and watched the entire series of the brand new She-Ra and the Princesses of Power on Netflix. (laughs) And I want you to go ahead and tell us about what you thought of the entire series. Has anybody else seen it as well? Okay. Um, So... You know, for those of who's, those who don't know, you know, Shira on the Princesses of Power um, was an old cartoon. Brandon, who was the company behind Shira? Filmation, who also made Fat Albert and Archie Show. Oh, okay. Mm. It's, it's licensed, of course, from Mattel because Mattel made made the original He Man toys, and Mattel and Filmation together developed Shira. Right, which is a spinoff of He Man, Masters of the and Masters of the Universe. Right, and. DreamWorks, which owns the rights to the Filmation catalog now, 
produce this new version in association with Mattel? Yeah. Uh, the show is fantastic. Um, I went into it uh, not knowing much because I remember very little about He-Man and She-Ra from back in the day. And those were cartoons that um, were obviously before, I think before my time, definitely. They before you were born. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. And by the time, you know, I just, yeah, I just didn't catch most, a lot of it. It's just, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't on my radar as a kid. Um, but anyways, I saw it. I saw the concept drawings for it online. And I saw that there was buzz about the fact that it's going to be, you know, helmed by, you know, um, some pretty interesting people um, already in the industry. And I thought, okay, let me give it a try. So I did. I, I like I uh Last um, show, I told you guys that I watched um, just two episodes and I thought, huh, this is kind of fun and interesting. And then I just went ahead and watched the entire thing. Um, the show is approximately 10 or so episodes that that season. That's pretty much it. So it's, it's a very fast um, sort of uh, 25 or so minutes of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really... Really good. Um, the first thing I, I thought of when I was done watching this is that this is a really smart, smartly, uh, smartly done show for young people, particularly uh, young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see them watching this show and being inspired by just the, the sheer diversity that is on the show. Um, I think… I'm going to compare the old Shira because I also watched just a couple of clips of that. And man, the differences are staggering. <laughs> First of all, the new Shira, you can tell they actually gave a shit. Yeah. So sorry everybody out there who likes the original Shira and Master the Universe <laughs> He-Man cartoons. I we all grew up on them. I loved them when I was a kid too. But I've also gone back and watched them as a grown person and realized they sucked. <laughs> Let's all be clear here. So um Shira from the past um, show, she's kind of bland. bland and kind of paper thin in terms of personality and whatnot. Um, Her arms don't move. I think I think the idea <laughs> behind Shira, um, uh, the the original one, was more or less to sell toys. Yes, but wait, that's the original idea behind the entire Master of the Universe franchise right. was to sell toys first. Yeah, and they didn't put a, but I don't feel like they put as much effort into. No, into do you the know show. why Shira exists? <laughs> Isn't she supposed to just be the female version of of, of He-Man? Well, before Filmation did He-Man, well, did He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, they did a Shazam show. Okay. And a Shazam cartoon show. And Luce, it's, it's Luce Scheimer, not Norm Prescott. Those are the two guys ahead of Filmation, Norm Prescott and Luce Scheimer. Luce Scheimer was the one who liked Shazam as a concept, so they basically borrowed the whole idea of him having the twin sister and brought that to um, the He-Man concept. That's why you have She-Ra. Mm. She's basically Mary Marvel. Okay. Yeah. So, but this She-Ra, um, she has a complexity that I feel like is, is like just, <laughs> just it's so refreshing. Because um, typically um, a cartoon like this from when I was a kid would just be a monster of, a, of the week sort of thing, right? Yeah. It's like they… You, the the characters would um, meet each other and they would discover their abilities or their powers, or whatever. And every week, there's a new um, antagonist or whatnot that they have to defeat, and voila, that's it. This one is serialized, and f- you know, for those of you out there who may not understand what that means, there is a through line, there is a story that you follow. So if you 
pick up on on episode six, you won't know what's going on. Right. So like a, like a typical adult drama would be nowadays. Yeah. Brought over to animation, which like this, they're slowly doing that. They did that with the uh, Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated as well, which was really good. Yeah. So um, the other the other thing about it is too. Uh, I feel like the the characters. So I looked at the again. I looked at the old Shira just for um, you know comparison. comparison. And man, this new Shira. I compared all the past characters, and they are all very very different. They um, the new folks. They've um, decided that hey, we're going to introduce some brown people in yep. there. So that's that's always nice. And then they're going to introduce also um, different sized type of people. So you might get some people who are skinny, some people who are um, you know a little. You know, on the bigger side, you got um, people who are uh, very like oh, manly, and then you got people who are very like bubbly and 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 cherry and whatnot, and it all meshes in really well, which is not a genius idea, people. It's not <laughs> <laughs> having diversity on your show makes your show better. <laughs> Shocker! <laughs> it right? It makes people who are out here who are not the norm, who are different, it makes them look at your show and be like, ha. Ah, that could be me. Oh, that personality reminds me of something that I can relate to. And also, so when I looked at um, the old Shira, I noticed that all the princesses, they were all just... Basically, they copied the same model and just changed the hair. Yeah, they, just, they were just all carbon copies of each other. These princesses this time are all this sort of... Uh, um, this, this really brand new, refreshing, contemporary way of thinking about women. So sometimes you might have very techie women. You might have, um, you know, there's there's a girl on there. She's she's very into nature and organic stuff. And just, you know, she's kind of like a hippie. There's another girl on there and she's just, she's like a brute. She's like a tough and, you know, um, sort of... Um, you know, um, the, the tomboy um, sort of girl. There's some. There's somebody there. She's very. She's very much um, the typical kind of, of of princess. There's somebody on there who is super sarcastic and just doesn't want to be here. <laughs> and I thought that is that is like it's covering all these little these little um, parts of of different kinds of personalities that make a a friend group really interesting, as opposed to everybody just being the same, like a la Mean Girls. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I thought that was uh, pretty good. Um, a lot of it also borders on uh, diversity in terms of you know orientation. So on the show, the show is mostly women, and there are a few LGBT characters on there, and nobody calls it out. Nobody's like, "Hey, what are you guys doing together?" No, they just they show up to a party, and they're holding hands, and um, everybody's talking to them like as if they've known them forever, and it's just completely normal. And I thought that was also pretty refreshing to just normalize the whole thing across the board. Also, the um, antagonist, the antagonist isn't purely evil. The antagonist is conflicted. They sometimes do things good. They sometimes uh, make good decisions, sometimes make bad decisions. But they are clearly being manipulated and they have some some choices that they have to make that is in direct conflict with our main characters. So all in all, I feel like Shira is really good across the board. I would encourage everybody to watch it. It is on Netflix right now. Um, it's just one season. It's approximately 10 episodes. Go have at it. All right, cool. Mm. All right, so um, anything else? 
you know, shows or anything like that? Um, oh, the guy from Blackish is one of the one of the Martin voice Scribner. actors. He's one of yeah. the yeah, he was one of the voice actors on She-Ra. Yeah, he, he is? plays Bo. Yeah, yeah, he plays Bo. Oh. Yeah, you remember She-Ra the dude with the with the mid drift out with the heart on his shirt. Oh, okay. Character. You could just yeah. call him the yeah, yeah, archer, yeah. but okay. Well, okay. I, I didn't even know what he did. So he had a midriff out. He's literally the only, <laughs> it's like the only archer on the on the show. <laughs> Brandon's debut. Let's hear come get him. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Anywho. Right, yeah. Any other shows or movies? Um, what is it? I, I've... Um, besides Wreck-It Ralph... Um, how was that? Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, okay. death later. But it was very good. It was very good. It's very good. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it that's been on my radar. Okay. For for now. So. Well, so as for me, well, I took a trip this weekend. Someone took a sabbatical. To you know, I needed it to the mountains of Tennessee, the actual mountains. Like you know how Marvin mm. and Tammy sang about ain't no mountain high enough. Well, I, I, um, they were right. Well, no, I found a one that was high enough because Lord knows. Uh, <laughs> was this a solo had, trip? No, I went with a bunch of friends. Like, um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, because I, I didn't pick it. I would have picked something closer to the base of a mountain <laughs> rather than. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not as exciting. <laughs> hey, guys, I went on a trip to the base of a mountain. <laughs> it, it was so bad driving up because, like, it was foggy and stuff. It had rain and everything. Then driving down after it cleared up, and you see just how happy you are. It's like, woo. I mean, Sheila, that's why they had to make you ride, drive all by yourself. You say Sheila! Get, get out of my house! <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Lord, I don't know why I'm on this trip. I'm just trying to save my marriage, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> she had a real bad... It was 2000... What year that movie came out? 2007? They, they, they had Google Maps 2007. Jill Scott phone didn't work. <laughs> How Jill Scott was oh using my a map God. And she in that movie. I still am trying to figure out how she got How did you use a map? You have a how? phone. How? <laughs> she called Janet and asked for directions. That is hilarious. Perfect patty, messed up. So, on, and when you're in a cabin in, in the mountains, the best thing to do is sit and watch a whole lot of freaking television. Especially, mm-hmm. at, especially since it gets dark at five o'clock at night, you I'll don't want to be games. out there. Yeah, we, yeah, they play games and stuff and like, I don't know. It's weird. I got to get back into Nintendo and stuff. I'm so out of touch. Like, if oh, it ain't yeah. if it ain't running and collecting mushrooms and coins, I, I'm out of touch with it. Like, yeah, I haven't <laughs> played a video game in so long. Yeah, and I really want to too. But it's just other that. than bowling on the Wii, that's literally <laughs> that's the extent of my video yeah. game. Like. It's just that I look at the price tag on. I like I can't. I, I want to, but I can't. It's the same thing with an iPad. I want an iPad so bad, but every time I look at the price tag, it just, it just deters me. I'll figure it out one day. But so yeah, plus so you have to like weigh in how much are you actually going to use, going to use it, it yes. to justify that price. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I bought um my, my girlfriend's birthday was recent, and um I bought her a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, uh, thinking because she's talking. She talked about how she loves uh, the Mario games and all this. She ain't touched that game one time. <laughs> <laughs> she was just going down memory lane, and you were like, "Oh yeah, okay." I think yeah, I'm sitting there thinking, like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm about to be the greatest dude in the world for getting this thing." You listening. thought she was dropping hints. <laughs> yeah, she just reflected. Now you think about that price tag. Like, <laughs> now is yeah. the Switch the one that's supposed to be? more like the original or is that like a handheld thing? So it's both. This, this switch it's is both. both. Yeah, it's really cool. 
Because yeah, that's so the one that's like the little $50 thing. No, no, no. So the you Switch is the next generation console for Nintendo. What you are thinking of is the the original NES, the little bundle that they sell, where it's just a little NES. It looks like the original NES, but it's like the it's NES right. classic. Like really yeah, small. NES classic, exactly. Yeah, and then it yeah. comes preloaded oh, okay. with a with like about fifty games, I think. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's it. You can't add anything else to it. But yeah. oh, okay. some people have actually hacked it to actually add more stuff. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But anyways, but yeah. Um, but the Switch is the best thing about the Switch is that the fact that you can when you are on a trip you're taking a, fl- a flight you can pop it off um, of its of its main uh, hub and you can just take it with you and you can have it as a mobile game right so you oh. can do both yeah so I watched a whole lot of shows up there I didn't get watched my regular shows because the on demand for charter cable didn't include a button for the CW which mm. put you know bothered me a little bit so I had to substitute um, a so lot you could of- just use the antenna then in the I didn't. They didn't have an antenna. Oh, uh, but I just substituted a whole lot of reality TV instead, which I usually don't watch. But I watched it this weekend. I watched the whole marathon of Love After Lockup. Jesus. Oh my god! I <laughs> I've never seen it, but I just can't get over that like that name. I just I'm not able. For those who don't know, Love After Lockup comes on on the we on We TV, mm-hmm. um, which used to be Women's Entertainment Television. Now it's just We TV because I don't know it was. It was uplifting about love after lockup as far as for women's empowerment. But it's a show about men and women who uh, meet inmates over, you know, like online. They fall in love through online or through writing letters and stuff. And when they get released, the show tracks as to whether or not they're going to get married or not. And so there's a whole lot of uh, pettiness, a whole lot of, you know, mixed feelings about things. Some people feel like they're being used for money. Some mm-hmm. this one um woman, she was a black Mormon. She threw away her life in Utah to go to LA for because her man was released, but he couldn't leave the state. Stop. Is there any catfishing going on with these two? No real catfishing. Just that some people don't know how, you know. Oh, oh the the reality hits. The re- reality of some people's personalities until they get yeah, out of it. It sets um, in. Yeah. And, yeah. Wow. And there, there was one dude who, like, it's funny because they talked about him, I think, on the Reed podcast. I am Garrett. He's a white guy who sounds like Common. Like he, like, like if you turned your head, you would swear it was a black dude. He's like, yeah, man, yo, like you know, my girl's tripping and everything, man. I was like, where do you come from, white man? Prison. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, and so I watched that. I watched three episodes of Chad Loves Michelle. Which we oh, talked about. I think I'm behind two episodes. <laughs> so the, the, last, the last one I saw was when they went to visit his dad. Have you seen Yes, that? that's what it was I saw. Okay, that's the last <laughs> one I saw. I haven't seen the other yeah. two after that. What is this? What is uh, Chad? What's Michelle? So, so Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child mm-hmm. okay. was engaged to a man named Chad Johnson, who was a preacher for sports teams. What you so mean was? You they said was. The wedding's, the wedding's off? The wedding is off. Are you? Uh, now, you know they be going back and forth every episode. Like, for real? For real? <laughs> so, As of right now, it's off. So we don't believe you. <gasps> yeah, so, but, um, but See, however, why you don't need to do these shows. Chad Johnson, Chad Johnson <laughs> is a white man with a black barber. Mm. Who, for the longest time, I thought he was mixed. Yeah, he gives the appearance of being, like, like just a really light-skinned black dude. 
But yeah. after seeing his family and stuff, he just has a black barber. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, really it. So, it was so funny though watching him go home because I was like, wow, like they like they like white white. Yeah, they technical like, white. Like they like in the mountains white. Like yes. don't have no red light in the town, one stop sign white, like yeah. white. You mean like he like hickory dickory duck white? Like didn't yeah, they have like, a wasn't did his dad have a nickname or some somebody had a weird like a super super white country nickname? I and forgot I, what it was, but yeah, they. But live I was out, like, oh, I was like, yeah, you white? Oh my god! In the mountains of Colorado. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> and, and, and poor Michelle <laughs> is you're sitting here trying to figure out how you know to right. build a relationship with this white man who criticizes her for telling him about his white privilege in certain situations where, you know, where he uses the, the um, like, know, racial issues and also her own mental health struggles against her. And right. I feel like they didn't expand on that part about, like, the whole, like, white privilege. They kind of, like, both of them, like, glossed over it. Like, I wish they had spent more time, like, really explaining what the conversation was. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't know to be mad or not because I'm not getting a clear picture of actually what was said and how and like what the you know what the conversation was and also because I kind of feel like he do care about it. I don't know I don't know I to be honest with you watching the show like uh, what what how do you what's how does this work plus also is reality tv which even though we yeah. call it reality tv it's all staged and everything like the, like the scene yeah. in the episode where it goes to the dad's like he and the dad go outside, and somebody's like, "I wonder what what they go out there to talk about." I was like, "They told them to go outside and just talk because you see they set up lights and shit so they could film outside." <laughs> <laughs> that took about two hours to set up. They decided, "Let's go outside, dad," and they just walked out. Right? <laughs> Mess. But yeah, so I don't know what to think. Kelly showed up in episode one. Beyonce covered nowhere near that bullshit. <laughs> And I was wondering the whole time that the wife supposed to know who she was. Like, this is Michelle from Destiny's Child. She's they richer than her. all of y'all put together. They probably wouldn't even, I'll bet they probably wouldn't even know Beyonce either. Not wow. in that town. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting to like sort of kind of like, I can't do much reality TV for the simple fact that I could pick out all the stuff. Like, okay, that person's clearly an actor. You know, I'm, I'm that person. Yeah. I can't, so I can't do it. And, you know, but like that. I also... Watched um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which I had never seen before. It's the only Indiana Jones I haven't watched the one with Shia LaBeouf. It's of the three classic ones. It's the only one I had never seen before. Mm. What is old so, Harrison up to these days? Yeah. Is he about eighty? He's he like seventy-five. He, close enough. Oh. Um, somewhere with Christopher Flockhart taking care of him. Hopefully, I was right saying now. With Alan McBeal. Yep, that's why she quit Supergirls because like she couldn't leave um, when they moved production to Canada. She couldn't go with them because she had to stay and take care of Harrison. Is he sick? No, he just old. Oh. <laughs> oh, you know what? Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is... Wow. I didn't mean to be callous, but... Dear wow. Jesus, I would just like you to know that I love Harrison Ford. I have no ill will towards him. That was... Yeah, funny. like, yeah, I, we don't we don't have no ill will, but, like... <laughs> like, uh, he's... Send he, all he's, your hate to Ed <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On Twitter. That's right. That is right, Latria. Bind him. <laughs> Lord. Lines um, are we, open. we do not believe in ageism. <laughs> no, I mean, not on that show. was literally what she That's said why she quit the program. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, I'm being he, honest. He's a good, like, what, 30, 40 years older than her? 
I Something like that. I think she's in her forties. Yeah. But like, um, you know, what's I, what's I talk about? Oh yeah, but yeah, it's a good movie. You know, uh, it's him and Sean Connery and a lot of Nazis. Oh, that's my man. Okay. No, I don't want to be weird, but that was like my first white bay when I was looking. I know it's gross. I was looking and I was like, who is this white man with this to be? Like, he is so fine. <laughs> I was like, I love James Bond after that. I was like, I don't know what else he's there done, but I just, I love him. Yep. I hear yes, you, girl. He, don't, he don't got worry. to be like 99. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm worried. I swear he's not been seen for like at least about 15 years. Sean Connery, he's still with us? Yeah, of course he's still he with us. What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, I think he is because I, I remember Googling him like a while ago. I think if he is, Sean Connery just... died, it would be a huge deal. He's just so old, he's probably in his house. Mm-hmm. He is still with us, and he is he's gonna be out there when I find this actual number. He like... was born, he's 88. Okay, Oof. yes. Ooh. Bless his heart. Damn. But yeah, the movie is it's still a good movie. The only thing about it is that it was being shown in HD on the Paramount Network. Shout out to um the Doc Claw. Uh, I haven't and, watched anything on there yet. Yeah, it used to be Spike. Uh, they oh. changed the name. Yeah. Oh, so but Spike TV is now Paramount. I was yeah. Where this channel came oh. from? I didn't know. Yeah. It. Is it, it was all, all the same was, people? Yeah, it was always a Viacom network. They just decided to make it because they had the Paramount Network in other countries. I think the idea right. was to expand the viewership to bring in more women to watch the network. Because Spike was like a men's channel, right? Yeah, it was, it was all about it was all about testosterone, like yeah. like Hooters type stuff, right? Okay. And so, watching it in HD, the mm-hmm. the special effects that were innovative and you know top of the line in 1989, like the some like the compositing and stuff. They might want to go back and redo some of that stuff. You know, do a tweak here and there. Just, just for the sake of, you know, I, I know somebody's going to see blasphemy, but just a little bit, a little minor adjustments I would make to like the compositing stuff. Like when they're in the airplane doing the fight and stuff. Like when Harrison waves his hand, you can see like the black mat outline around it and just, you know, that sort of thing that bothered me. Um, I brought with me a bunch of movies, a lot of which didn't work because they had an old LG TV in the cabinet. It was trash. The only one, the only two I managed to get all the way through were the uh, special edition of Dreamgirls, the new version with the added, um, added back songs, and Black Klansman, which brought up a funny story. So I put on Black Klansman, which, as y'all know, is a spikely movie about Ron Stallworth, who infiltrates the Ku Klux Klan uh, as a black man, but sends a white man's place to uh, for the actual meetings, you know, starring John David Washington, Denzel's son, and Adam Driver. We had ordered pizza and stuff. And there's a scene early in the film where Ron Stallworth is going undercover to go see Stokely Carmichael, a.k.a. Kwame Ture, speaking um, for like the, um, the local Colorado College Black Student Union. And he's giving a speech played by Corey Hawkins on Black Bauer and Dr. Dre. He's giving this very impassioned speech about white people not being shit. And then the white man came to deliver our food. <laughs> And he, we didn't pause anything. He just, we just kept watching the movie. And he looked, he had looked at his face like, watching the thing like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we just, we looked at each other. We just sort of kind of cackled a little bit. And just kept watching. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's why you said that they, they, the guy probably thought you guys were having a secret black meeting. Yeah, yeah. I saw I told Ali earlier, he probably thought we were having, like, oh, my set words, we thought we were probably having a secret nigga meeting, a secret nigga, a secret nigga transmission. 
you know, from, from secret nigga headquarters. In Zimbabwe. In Zimbabwe. Because, <laughs> you know, the way it's filmed, it looks like a real speech. So, <laughs> he probably went back and told them, Derp, they're having secret black meetings <laughs> in our cabins. We got to run them out. Luckily, we had left the next day. That was the day. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine if all of a sudden, like an hour later, a knock on your door? And there's the real Ku Klux Klan. And it's like some a group of, of very upset-looking Caucasians. I mean, we would probably outnumber them, but... Oh, I mean, oh no, their ass would have gotten beat. But I mean, <laughs> you know. Not on the, it's a mountain you can throw people off. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me be quiet. Implications. Let me be quiet. Let me be quiet. Let me be quiet. Before I implicate Ooh. myself. Ain't nothing That's happened. enough talking. Not <laughs> All right, sir. Let's talky talky more shoo-shoo. Yes. Uh, but yeah, great movie and everything. Uh, anything else at all? Besides the things we're talking about, I'm trying to think. Anything else at all? Uh... Oh, um, just FYI, I did um, notice a show. It's on Netflix, and it's a it's an animated show that I think you would appreciate. It is called um, Motown something. Oh, that Motown show that Smokey Robinson produced. Um, it's yeah, for, it's for small children. Yeah, it's for kids. I thought but, that you you. I, I would check it out, but yeah. it's not made for me. Like, I no, I mean, I know, it. but but I mean, isn't that cool? Like. It um, is very cool. To to get kids into uh, Motown. I think it's called Motown Magic. I'll look it up. Basically, it is Motown Magic, yes. Yeah, it's a it's a show made for kids on Netflix about a little boy and some like magic stuff that involves music and everything. It's made to introduce kids to Motown classic music, which, you know, since we don't have radio like that, we do have radio, but, you know, even radio doesn't play Motown music anymore. Like, your average classic black R&B station starts their playlist at 1972. So it's they Smokey Robinson executive produced it with the idea of introducing kids to you know the music that you know he (laughs) a bunch of his colleagues made back in the sixties. But yeah, so I'm check it out. But I know it's not made for me, so it's not. I'm not gonna be like it's crap or you know or anything like that. You know, if I check it out. All right, Um, Latria, what have you been watching? Um. <clears throat> the same old, same old. I guess I better get in um, Happy Together and Murphy Brown before they yeah, send well, them on the glory. Thanks to CBS. Oh, are they getting? Are they getting? Um, are they getting canceled? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Happy now. Together wow. definitely. Now I did read a couple things that saying that Murphy Brown, like they're just not getting extra episodes, but it could possibly come back for a second season, but I doubt it. Mm. So, yeah. Um, but I did finish the Vampire Diaries finally this week. I've been holding on to that last season because <laughs> I wasn't okay. ready to let it go. <laughs> Are you gonna watch um, the um, the spinoff Legacies? Yeah, see, that's why I wanted to finish it because I was like, I want to finish. I still got to finish the originals too, but I'm not worried about that. But I wanted to go ahead before it got like too much into Legacies that I couldn't catch up. Um, because I, I do want to see that. And what else? I've just been watching Christmas movies. I've been happy that, first of all, thank you, Hallmark and Lifetime, for realizing that Black people, A, we like Christmas movies too. And that we, we like to celebrate the holidays. I know they're cheesy, but it's still mm-hmm. nice to see some brown faces on there. Like, they have amped up. I don't know what it was. Somebody, they must have hired, both of them must have hired Black people on their networks because like literally every week there has at least been one or two black movies. That's good. 
which I mean, it is, it is good. Now Hallmark would have like maybe, you know, one every, every now and then, but like both of them really have amped it up. Okay. That's really good. Anyone's in particular? Ain't Tia marrying one of these? Tia Mary yes. Hartwick? I, um, it was called The Christmas Inn. That one I watched and recorded. Tony Braxton was on one for Lifetime. I recorded it because I'm just like, mm. Like, I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, girl, I don't know about this acting. <laughs> <laughs> because remember, she did that Lifetime movie for um, the lady in Atlanta who, like, kept that guy from shooting up the school. And that realize. acting was subpar at best. Wait, is that the guy who I remember there was a the was white dude that came into the school and she like prayed with him? I think like I she remember ended this. up on was was Oprah out still? She like the lady got I think her name was Antoinette something. Um, the real life person. It was a school in DeKalb. I think I remember this. But anyway, Tony's acting in that was not good. So I recorded the Lifetime movie, but I'm just like. Scared to watch it because of her acting. <laughs> she might surprise um, but also, what's her name? Um, oh Lord, the little sister from Fresh Prince. I forgot her name. Tatiana Ali. Yeah, she's got. She has two movies. I saw one of them. She had one on Lifetime and one on Hallmark. <laughs> okay, so that's where she is. So Ali. What I've been wondering where she. Yeah, so they, I mean <laughs> they've been good. So that's really what I've been watching. Just I that. When Tatiana Ali had a she had a show it. on BT at one time. What did yeah. you say? Uh, yeah. second, second generation weigh-ins. Yeah, she, she had. On. Yeah, she had a she had a, a show on on um BT at huh. one point. Yeah. Oh yeah. They had only one season. Yeah, it got canceled really fast though. I remember that. I remember that. God, they, they stay working those weigh-ins. Yes, they, they, will, yes, they, they do. will get a check. I was talking that, like way. the one that the one that's on Happily Together, Happily Ever After, or was it Happy Happy Together? Happy, Happy together. together. Man, he is really good. He, I mean, he's literally his daddy. Like, yes, he is oh my God, very good. Crazy. They taught him well. Yes. Yeah, he got all the talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which is weird because I saw an article I read. It was saying like about Happy Together, like getting canceled. They were just saying how like. There was a huge bidding war for him during pilot season. Like everybody was apparently after him. Yeah, and now mm-hmm. they're. I mean, but the show is so good because he wasn't. He was on. He was on New Girl at first. Yeah, the first season, and he was on. And Happy he jumped Ending off first, right? And then he was. And well, actually, no. I think he. I think they shot the pilot for New Girl, and then he ended yeah. up getting Happy Endings, and so. He wasn't on the show, and he wasn't on New Girl after and that. And then after Happy Endings got canceled, he jumped. Then he back went back to New Girl. Yeah, New Girl. Even yeah. though they had already found a replacement, Happy. and yes, I'm going to say it, a replacement quote unquote <laughs> a re- black guy. A replacement black, yeah. a new black, a new, no, black. A new black. So no, no. So now the show is awkward. It's like a right. show that usually has one black guy. There are two. <laughs> what am I supposed to think about that? How am I supposed to watch? How am I supposed to feel? Exactly. <laughs> All right, it's uh, like. It- Who's the alpha here? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he jumped <laughs> off when he got happy, happy together. And so what's yeah. gonna happen now? But New Girl's being canceled after this season. Still oh, season. New Girl's been gone. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> been gone. Last season was its last season. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's okay. been gone. But I'm just but him and Amber Stevens West have such great chemistry. Like See? they are perfect together See? as a couple on screen. Yeah. He's good at playing. He's good at playing the the weirdo in a couple. Yeah. And then the mom who's from Matt TV, I forgot her name, is It's not um, Deborah Wilson, is it? No, she's the white. Um she's white. Oh, oh Nicole mm, Sullivan. I don't know. She's got blonde hair. 
She, um, I can't think of what her characters on Matt TV were, but you would know her if you see her face. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she but... plays Amber's mom because Amber's mixed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's he's... such a good show. I just really he's never gonna he's never gonna be without work. By the way, like I'm pretty sure that is very true. Yeah, the moment Absolutely. he's off, he's gonna be on another pilot very very soon, and it's probably gonna be a comedy, and he's gonna do great on it again. So, right. yeah, yeah, I have, I have faith that he's not gonna. Yeah. And I think Amber, she did a good job playing his wife. Mm-hmm. So I think that she's gonna be just fine too. So yeah, she's gonna be good. So that's Steph- all, that's Steph- it. Stephanie, Stephanie Weir. 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 Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't remember her. Oh my she god, are you kidding me? She was one of the funniest people on Mad TV. Yeah, we have to see a picture of her, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Right. So, so that's that's all the shows. Um, the tree. Oh, I did watch. Um, <clears throat> speaking of holidays, I watched the holiday calendar on Netflix. Oh, so you you watched oh, it? I was I like, I was wondering if I was gonna I, watch listen, it. I've watched it twice, and I'm getting ready to watch it again sometime <laughs> this week because I love that movie. <laughs> so with Cat Graham and and Quincy Brown and Quincy. Mm-hmm. So it's so I understand this about a and oh. the daddy from This Is Us. Oh. The pops, the grandpa, Ron Cephas Jones. Mm-hmm. So I understand, like the woman, she's too busy and stuff, but she gets a magic holiday calendar that lights yeah, up her load or something like that. Literally, like a Hallmark movie on Netflix. <laughs> 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 like it's so cheesy and predictable, but it's just like it's black people and people that I like. <laughs> so, yeah, she gets this. Um, what do they call them? Advent calendars. So it's like you know, it's like every day in December. Um, and apparently, like magically, every day a door opens, and it's like a little, a little trinket inside. But then it turns out to like happen in real life. Like one, like the first door were boots, and then she ended up getting boots that day. So it's like little stuff, little stuff like that. It's really cute. It's cheesy. It's cute. Oh, that's cool. Uh, coffee light sweet. <laughs> hmm. Well. Um... This past week was holiday week, and I was just so glad to be home and just taking it easy, you know. Um, So I put up my tree. I listened to Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas, and I was singing at the top of my lungs. I was sure that the neighbors were going to start banging on the door, especially that last note at the very, very end. I went for it. That's the one. I went for it. I sure did. Very proud of myself. And then I um, I saw um, Creed 2 that we'll talk about uh, later in the podcast. Yeah. I always forgot to mention, because Ashley, listening to... I listened to the entire audiobook of Becoming Michelle Obama. <gasps> you did? I did. Because the funny thing is, she reminds me a lot of Coffee Light Sweet. <laughs> oh, like her this, voice? Yeah, the voice and the way she reads the book and everything. She, re- she reads the audiobook. Like, they weren't going to put it out if she didn't read the audiobook. <laughs> yeah. And I, oh, really? Okay. Yes. And I really enjoyed it. It's a really good book. First of all, for anybody who's out, Michelle Obama's black. Right, right. Oh. She's yeah. just in case you, you had any doubt. You even even, even, her, really? even when um when Robin Roberts had that special when she interviewed her, I was like, oh girl, you letting that Chicago out. She got that White House. She was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. That is true. She's like, I'm free now. I'm I I'm, yes. I'm free. love it. Yeah, like I there's a whole it. lot of great anecdotes about even when she was little about how she learned to play piano on like a broken piano. That's how she learned where Middle C was, where she had to play like a recital, like a nice, you know, white, like mm-hmm. a nice white room, you know, and everything like that. She had to struggle a little bit because, you know, the whole thing of a black person used to 
not having the best things that didn't all of a sudden you're thrust into like this white environment, mm-hmm. you know, like it was also, a great metaphor for that sort of thing. On Oprah's podcast, she has two episodes where she's like interviewing her about the book too on a su- super soul sessions. Y'all should listen to that. I'm gonna definitely check them out. Like, it's so a really is it good true book. in the book? No, I guess it's a spoiler that she says she smoked weed. Yeah, she smoked weed. Ah! And when she was in the high school. She, mm-hmm. she doesn't make a thing of it. She talks about, yeah, I smoke weed. Yeah. She, and she goes on to the next so shocking. I just like, oh my gosh, I'm smoke weed. <laughs> like, the thing about it is shocking. It's just shocking that how regular she tried to make, even after, right. like, you know, her husband. Like, the funny, is, thing is also, I like this about her, is she makes Barack a supporting character in her True. story. That's right. So you yeah. get to know a lot more about her and Malia and Sasha than book. anything else. Like <laughs> right. and by, and her mom when they moved into the White House, how her mom insisted on eating dinner by upstairs by herself so she could watch her puzzles or Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Okay. <laughs> and how she somebody in the staff was always made sure to get Michelle the latest copy of Jet magazine. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They're probably like, where do I find this? Where you find the other one? <laughs> that is funny. And Mother, Mother Robinson insisted on getting her own shit and not having the um any of the aides get it for her. She would go to the CVS her damn self. <laughs> what a whole mood. <laughs> it's such a good book. Because I and. Like, the best thing about it is there's a lot of career advice in it that's not presented. This is what you should do. It's like, this is what I did and what worked for me. Mm-hmm. Like, like a lot of things that really would be are beneficial to, for hearing from me about, you know, what if you what do you do if you are in a career that you, maybe you want to think about shifting or things like that, you know? And, like, just really important things I think everybody should read or listen to it, um, especially in these, these times. Um, and everything. And she doesn't hold her tongue about people she doesn't like, like, you know, the current people in the White House. Like, she doesn't hold mm-hmm. her tongue at all. She's very, you know, she's not rude about it, but she doesn't hold her tongue. Very direct. She's very yes. direct. She's very direct about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. There, was, yeah. there was one thing um, that I read many years ago about her mom um, when her mother moved into the White House. I think I read it, an article in one of the, one of the publications, maybe it was the New York Times, but I forget, but her mother said that she purposely would not join the family um, for dinner, right. either like once a month or something, because she wanted the family to have their own time together. And I thought that was so wise. Yes. Because that was the only time they actually had, like, when mm-hmm. Barack would be with the kids. Exactly. I was like, see, that's a wise, that's a wise, that's wisdom right there. Because she knew. Yeah, she knew. She was like, we're about to go into something and you all need to bond together after, you know, your father's been at work. He just happens to be the president of the, uh, the leader of the mm-hmm. free world. But when he comes home from work, he's going to need his family. Yes, so. he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember right. when there was a president that worked? Yeah. Stop it. Stop yeah, it. All, days. all right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Theo. <laughs> yes, sir. Right, what have you been watching, man? Um... I saw, I watched uh, Creed, which we'll talk about later. Um, I think the, the highlight, though, I have so many uh, Harry Potter friends, uh, of fans of friends, of friends who are fans of Harry Potter. I finally watched <gasps> the entire series. Yes! <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Wow. So I went through all of That's that. That's a lot of hours. Week time. <gasps> yeah, so I saw his IG updates. He, would go from, he was going from one to the other. 
Yeah, I haven't watched the the ones with the was it the Fantastic, the Fantastic Beasts? Beasts? Oh yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Uh, but yeah, that was that was kind of exciting. <laughs> so, so, what did you think? Did you like Harry Potter? I liked it. I think I would like it. I think I would have, you know, probably been a big fan if I watched it seventeen years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, uh, how old are these you know, movies? Younger. Two thousand one so, was the first one. Jesus, so crazy wow. to yeah. that long ago. Mm-hmm. I like the darker ones. Though. I think I got uh, my favorite yeah. one is probably uh, the Prison of Azkaban. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, like once it got because, to that point, it yeah, was, that's it, when it started to turn. Older too. Yeah, yeah. and the second um, was a Deathly Hollow. Hollows Deathly Hollows Part Two. Okay, yeah. the very end. Oh man. Yeah, so, yeah it was pretty yeah, cool. Deathly I didn't Hollows really... Part Two is like the second VHS of Titanic. It's like we don't need to watch the first. <laughs> wow! Start, start right when the ship is like <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I'm listening. My daddy had the Titanic two VHS set. I literally oh, would not watch the first one. I was like, funny. I know how. I no, I know what's gonna happen. This is all lovey dovey and stuff. I don't want to see that. I want to see. God damn it! Break all the water. See the end. <laughs> Yeah, I think I remember. I remember at the time, people were so mad when they announced the theatrical release of the of the last book would be in two pieces. People were like, "Why would you do that? Why would you break up a book into two pieces? We want the showdown. Give us the showdown." Yeah, it was. No. I can't imagine if they had tried to make that one movie. That would have. It would have sucked. Yeah, I guess you could that's tell true. watching it though that it is. Uh, it's probably the book has way more details. Oh, uh, every book. Every well, they did book. a. Um, I will say this before. Um, I won't. I won't delve too deeply into it. But I will tell you this though. In in the in the Deathly House Part One, that whole camping and just walking around stuff, yeah. that was dragged out in the book. And people were so <laughs> thankful that the movie was just like, where's it gonna have like a little dash of that? Because like the Hobbit. Yeah, like on like <laughs> characters. <laughs> Anytime you have a movie where you have characters who are walking around on a journey, man, you, if you don't put enough stuff in there to fill it up, it's gonna it's gonna seem really drawn out. Like boring. a boring level of Zelda. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Also, that reminds me, Ali, you did see Fantastic Beasts Part Two, didn't you? I did. That's I it. saw oh it at first. Was I wasn't good? going to see it. And then I decide to go. So I well, will tell wait, you this. First of all, are you a fan, Ali? Before oh, I read all. I read all the books and I seen all the movies. Yeah, he uh-huh. had to fight. He had to. Yeah, I've read fight. all the books yeah. and I've seen all the movies. He had to fight the oppression of the um, <laughs> um, the religious state of his homeland to be able to read the books. Listen, oh. let you let me tell you how serious this was. Okay, Just when I started checking. reading when I started reading the books, I read them a little out of order. I went from four first and then to one, two, and three, but it was mm-hmm. okay. I I I understood everything. But man, my country at the time when Harry Potter was trying to become like a thing. Like mm-hmm. in in America, like evangel evangelists, um, evangelicals, yeah, evangelical um, um, pastors and whatnot, like online and on TV, they were very opposed to any of that, and so right. that fed into the media. And of course, my country is uh, a very it's it's sort of even though it's not controlled by its religious its religion, but it's very much a very religious, you know, sort of, of state that is that has um, Christianity as its, you know, its main driving force. And so all over the island you had parents were very adamant about if you were if you were very religious, you would not let your children read this book. You would not want to let them watch the movies. It was very mm. much like that. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. have parents like that. So <laughs> so <laughs> I just I went ahead and I was able to read all the books and it was fine. And then the movies came out and it was, you know, it was very, very 
very fun. I was able to follow everything in real time. So, but yeah, but um, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. So the first movie, um, I did not enjoy very much. I thought it was very bland. Mm, no, I liked it's, it. It was very childlike. But... I liked it. So the reason why I I didn't really care for much for it is because there's clearly a bigger story happening behind all of these creatures that keep showing up on the. But then they kept on, to me, in my opinion, and you know, they kept on focusing on how Newt would like subdue creatures, like he'd have to play with them and whatnot. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, you are making this movie go longer than it should be, <laughs> right? But then here's what they did in this next movie. So in this next movie, even though again we are focused on Newt Scamander, um, he's basically a, a sort of um. He's he's like the magical ecologist. He's like um, um, Steve Croc- Irwin. What I say, crocodile hunter. Yeah, he's like Steve Irwin. <laughs> Steve Irwin. He's like Steve, Steve Irwin, Irwin magic. but magic, right? So in this case, um, for the next movie, what they did is they still focused on him, but they toned down the extreme amounts of like like creatures just showing up out of the blue, breaking up the story, the overarching story. Instead, they weave the creatures in so now it makes sense why they just encounter them, you know, with the story. And it makes, it it goes along really nicely as opposed to in the first movie, I feel like as if it was, hey, we have to get this, but oh no, this creature just came out. And then like, it was like a side mission every time they they encountered a creature. So I really liked um, how they um, tackled that aspect. Oh, but there's an issue. (laughs) There's <laughs> an issue of the second no. movie. There's an issue of the second movie, and it's 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 Johnny Depp's character. So it's not that he's playing the character wrong or whatever, because obviously this is a new character. No one's ever tackled before in the books. He plays the character really well. He does that like really, really, really good. The problem that I think a lot of people will encounter is the implication of of the movie, like what it what it means to have a character like that and to give him a sympathetic side is it might come off a little bit like a like a Hitler apologist sort of thing. Because the character that uh John Depp is playing is literally just the a carbon copy of it's like it's like Hitler magic, basically. It's like Hitler but in wizard form. And because you gave him a story that has him like, this was him when he was younger. And then there's that sort of a slight romance thing that may have happened between him and Albus Dumbledore, the, the principal of, you know, Hogwarts when they were younger. There's that. And so it gives him a sort of a empathetic sort of thing. And it's rubbing people the wrong way because it's like, when you make a story about Hitler, you make a story about, you never give him the, you never make him out to be anything other than a monster. Because that's, because there's too much of a historical um, pain and and uh, suffering behind a character like that. You, you So if you ever show him anywhere other than just being this sort of a really um, crazed uh, monstrosity of a human being, then people, especially, you know, folks in the Jewish community, community, they will be offended, obviously. And I feel like the movies, the franchise that they're doing, the Fantasy Beasts, they need to be very careful with handling a character like that, mm-hmm. you know, so that way it doesn't offend people who have been, who have family or are part of a culture who have um, suffered at the hands of, of um, 
people who are anti, who are racist, who are um, anti, um, um, anti-Semitic, Semitic, you know, stuff like that. So that's one thing that I think um, the movie needs to just a little work on because it's mm, it kind of comes off that way. And I wasn't affected, um, right? But I'm pretty sure that if 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 as black people we had a, a version of Hitler in our history. Mm-hmm. I would be. <laughs> we got a lot. Uh, well, I mean, you know, like you know, like Hitler. Hitler is like, like a big, a really big topic in terms of like the Jewish faith, right? Judaism, right? But we don't have a. We have people. We don't have a singular. Yeah, we don't have a right. single. Yeah, we don't have like a single person we can a say singular figure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we have many, 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 many. Right. <laughs> right? We have a lot of reasons to be angry. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's the only thing I. Um, but other than that, the characters in the movie, I felt like they were great. Um, you know, it's it's. People now can understand what Newt is saying because in his accent in the first movie was very heavy. <laughs> and people who watched were kind of saying, like, yeah, we can't really understand what he's saying. <laughs> so I well, think and he, I think that's the actor too. It's kind yeah. of like how he and, and his head was like always pointed down. Yeah. So, so you didn't really, you know, I'm like, lift your head up so I can hear what you're saying. I, I totally <laughs> agree. And the other thing is too, um that, that that acting though. <laughs> That Latria just pointed out, that sort of head always sort of um, bowing down. He's clearly playing a character that's on the spectrum, right? Oh. And I think they're handling it very well. Especially mm. the way in this particular movie, they're handling it very well because they introduce his brother in this movie. And there is a world of a difference between the two of them, right? And it, 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 you, you should have because he has a, if you notice for the movies, Nude has a problem with connecting with people. Because he's just yeah, he's he just does. not a people person and not in the it's not in the Sherlock Holmes Sherlock Holmes I'm a jerk way. It's the I'm shy and I don't know how to make connections with people like, regularly. Kind of like a social anxiety type. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And they're playing it very well in this movie, I noticed. And it's it's he's coming out of his shell a little bit more. And that's why he gravitates to creatures, because he understands them more, he interacts with them more and better than he does with people. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would I would give this movie a try. I I think it's it's okay. All right, let's go ahead on down to the news. All right, so first up, we had a trailer that broke the internet for the new live action. You can hear the finger quotes. Ah, Chicago, Chicago, Yes. Wakanda <laughs> <laughs> forever. <laughs> um, which, the teaser trailer, like, underwhelmed me because all they basically did was recreate shots from the anime, original animated version with very detailed CGI, which uh, I guess a lot of people that got them hyped, but I was like, I don't want this to become like how Beauty and the Beast was, where they sort of kind of where they were stumbled by too, pulling too much from the original. Is that how the... Um, I didn't see the live-action um, um, Jungle Book movie, but oh, no. is that how oh, that the creatures so looked? Good. Oh, my That was really good. They, but they basically just made a whole other movie, basically. Because like, the whole thing with the Jungle Book is that... If you read the actual book, the actual book by uh, Rudy R. Kipling is dark. I was going to say, it's real murderous. It's very murderous. <laughs> and very, like, sort of kind of... This is the law of the jungle. Very, like... 
I'm trying to think of the right word for it, like ceremonial sort of regal, like sort of thing. That mm-hmm. like the one that Andy Circus made is coming on Netflix this week. Uh, the Mowgli uh, Legend of the Jungle. People have been talking shit about talking about it's like the the Zack Snyder version of the Jungle Book, but oh, that's I mean, it looks terrible yeah. just from like the, the photo stills. Oh, dear, yeah, but that's what the actual book is like, though. I don't know if the acting and stuff would be good, but like this supposed to be that dark. So, the John Favreau Disney Live Action remake is sort of kind of in between that and the 1967. Happy cartoon um, Disney version. So they tried. Did, they, they split the difference. Why did they say live action if we know it's going to be CGI? I don't know. Maybe like, wait. <laughs> wait. I, I have I have a question about that because I agree with Latria. Like when live when we have stuff like that, is it like they get live animals, but then they sort of fudge with them a little bit, like fudge them up to make them. Is that what happens? Or right. Like, there's no way. Some of the animals are real trained animals. Uh-huh. But most okay. of the animals are going to be CGI animated figures. But when they okay, have things so like close-ups and whatnot. Book? All of that, none of those were real. Correct? Some of those were real trained. Like, some of the, like, the little animals and stuff that didn't have to do a whole lot were real trained animals. But like your, you know, Bagheera and Baloo and Sheer Khan, those are animated characters. Right. Mm. Okay. Like, um, th- thoroughly animated characters. A whole body. Yeah. Like yeah. and that's what's going on with the Lion King because John Favreau's doing this one as well, and yeah. apparently the internet just learned this trailer that Beyonce was doing the voice of Nala of adult Nala. They just learned no, that. No, 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 no. Caucasian internet. Okay. Oh, oh. So I was about to say, been I was like, we've been two known. years. Yeah, because when they for, announced that for, Queen Bee was gonna be in it, and we've been and we've been praying that you know she got you know some, some, some acting lessons. So uh, one movie I didn't watch this weekend that came on BET. Was obsessed. Why are y'all like this? And this Christmas are the only movies that be and, and Baby Boy. Obsessed this Christmas and Baby Boy are the only licensed oh, movies Jesus that be Christ. They come on year round. Like I tried obsessed to watch it. Coming on since the spring. The tree. I tried. What was Beyonce's character name in that movie? I don't, Lisa. Nobody knows. It, it, you, was, Sharon. Know it was Sharon. It was Sharon. It was Sharon because there's a. I think it was Lisa Brandon. Are you sure? It wasn't Lisa. You sure it was Lisa? I, Lisa might be the name of the of the um, of the like the white woman who's okay sure because there's a all, there's a gif going on it was online. So bad that it just didn't even promote it. <laughs> how did you like? He was so embarrassed. Like, how do you go through like making the movie and then you like, oh, I done fucked up. <laughs> like, he was like, I messed up. We're not even gonna put this on my resume. Like, I don't <laughs> obsess. What's that? I don't know what you're talking about. Like he didn't do nothing with it. He was so yeah. embarrassed. Everybody got one of them. So yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is though, that movie was ten years ago, and people talk about Beyonce can't act. She's had ten years to learn, and plus, she was actually <laughs> decent in Cadillac Records. Well, you know what? See, here's my theory on that though, because I also liked her in Dream Girls. I feel like if it's something to do with singing. She's good. I didn't like that Dream Girls at all. World, but like just regular straight acting. Mm. Is that why you watch the movie 25? I, I watch times. it for everybody else, but her, I, I like her singing in it, but like her dramatic scenes, I, I would have at least edited them differently to sort of kind of hide a little bit of the awkwardness that was in there. But the thing is, we've seen Lemonade and we've seen like yeah. Beyonce self Like I will those, say Cadillac Records, like she blew my mind in that. Like, yeah, she, she was, was amazing. Really good. 
She was like, amazing, Cadillac Records. She's capable of, you know, better than, like, obsessed. It's just that she got to have the right people in place and everything. It's really what it is. I'm sure she'll be fine doing the well, voice of Nala. And it's not, it's just, it's really, like, her voice and her dialect. Like, that, that Houston twang. What somebody say? <laughs> somebody was like, we don't want to hear Nala from Houston. <laughs> Well, wow. my thing is, I never liked more. Um, was her name Myra Kelly in the original? I never liked her as adult Nala, like because like young Nala had a black voice. Um, Nikita um, Kalamine, I think her name was, and mm-hmm. she was all sassy. The water hole. What's so great about the water hole? And then she goes where she's boring and flat. Yeah. Like so, Beyonce at least we upgrade above that. But I love the little meme going around the lady from Instagram. It was actually months ago. This resurfaced now that you know. The trailer came out. The, she had like a not there's a girl with a Nala doll doing the Beyonce impersonation. So like, oh yeah, Jade yes. Nova. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, she is like the number one Beyonce. Like she, I mean, if you close your eyes, you would really think Beyonce is talking. Yeah. <laughs> and I paid you, and I paid you again, and then you took me to an elephant graveyard. <laughs> if you like, you better put a ring on. It. <laughs> no, I saw this. I saw this video. Uh, I sent it to Ken yesterday on IG. Uh, it was like this lady. This lady, like uh, this, you can tell she took it on Snapchat, and she was like, "I'm about to whoop some ass." And she come around the corner, and her daughter is holding up their puppy and like playing the song. <laughs> and the mom is like, "What the hell?" Are you? <laughs> Listen, so many was, people like, were people, posting. Uh, we finna be over there, like yes. uh, so uh, many people were just posting of posting their cats and then just holding their cats or their listen, puppies I, up. I'm two seconds away from doing it with my dog. Don't, oh Jesus! <laughs> from the day <laughs> we arrive on the planet, uh, just be like, right. yeah. But Brandon, you would appreciate this. I saw yesterday. I posted on Instagram. Somebody had put like they're like, we need everyone to sit in their section: soprano, alto, tenor. <laughs> So that, really, so that we can all sound great. Really, I was like, no. ah! Black people would really do this. Listen. And them kids would be like, Mommy, they're ruining my... T- this is not your movie. This is not... Yeah, no, it's is, not. This is it's not, not your, your movie. movie. Did you see... Did, anybody, did y'all see The Lion King 3D when it was out in 2011? No. No. That is exactly what happened when I went to the Atlantic Station and saw The Lion King 3D. <laughs> What? What people were singing? Niggas sang every note. Listen, are we going to be up in that toe up on the circle of life? Yes. So Beyonce is right. He's helping Elton John, Tim Rice write new songs for the thing, but they're keeping circle of life. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Stop, Stop wait, wait, right wait, there. Wait, wait, Put wait, wait, the brakes nobody, on it. Nobody told me we were going to get new songs. What yes, song new songs. What we got? Well, the the only one they're not keeping from the original, as far as I understand right now, is they're not keeping Be Prepared. So she would tell Edgy Four would not be singing, um, Be Prepared for the Cool. I don't think you're you're gonna get him to sing anyway. Is he playing Scar? Yes, he is. Yes. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna get him to do that. That's yep. They got James Earl Jones back, bless his heart. Which he stayed alive for this because I know. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of worried. See, I was worried really, about that. That's that's, that's just, water, fruits and vegetables, and ground provisions. <laughs> there you go. What'd you say, Ali? I <laughs> said <laughs> water, fruit, and vegetables, and ground provisions. <laughs> 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 yeah. Got to keep you healthy. 
stupid. <laughs> push, him, push him back from the mic. Push him. Push of course, Donald Glover as Simba and one of these McCrary's as little um, Simba. Uh, he's, because you know the McCrary's all sing. It's like, not the little boy from Disney Channel. Which is the boy? No, he, no, it's not. It's not Corey. Now. <laughs> Corey, no, 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 no. no. Oh, oh, the one, the little boy from the, the new one. Raven's hat. Raven's I don't know. Oh, that... he can sing. Yeah, because he, he played Simba on Broadway. Oh wow! For a little bit. Um, okay, I think this might be a new kid. I'm gonna look it up right quick. But yeah, oh, but I know, okay. I know he's there. There's McCurry's nephew or second cousin. Okay, because the whole McCurry family, like they all sing. Okay. Who's uh, who's doing um who's doing Whoopi's part? Mufasa. Who's doing yeah. that? You know, one of oh, my friends that one like, of them is a, it's either key it? or peel. Mm, let me look it up. Like, I think it's if if I think it's Keegan Mike and I peel. think they cast three dudes for this version. Of oh, okay. Me, me Wait, yeah, Eric one Andre? of them, one of the hyenas is Keegan Michael Keel, and the Perfect. other one. Oh, no, Billy no, no, Eichner? no. Wait, wait no. a minute. Billy, I. Oh, Seth Rogen is Pumbaa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, it's Billy not three Eichner men. It's it's still. It's two guys and a woman. Florence Kasumba is is playing Whoopi Goldberg's part. Oh, that's funny. Perfect. <laughs> Where do I know Perfect. Her from? Because she's Here. one of the one. She's one of the um, Dora Miller. Dora Miller. Oh, move or you will be moved. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. That's who yeah. that is. It's so okay. it's her, Eric Andre, and Key. Oh, Afri Woodard yeah. is in this. Yeah, she's Sarabi, uh, Mufasa's wife. Yeah. The part that was played by Madge Sinclair in the original. Right, right. That's coming to America too, right? Yes. She's the, the queen mother. Yes. John Oliver? As Zazu. Wait, he acts? Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about too. Because I was like, aren't you, aren't you, isn't he a, a on minute. a late and night talk show host? Rafiki, that's, yeah. uh, that's T'Chaka, isn't it? Yeah, this is T'Chaka. T'Chaka the father. Yep. Yeah, okay. I just oh, this is going to be everything. Oh my goodness. This is going to be great. Yeah. When is it coming out? 2020? No, 2019. Um, Next July year. July the 19th. So perfect for 4th so of he, July. So here's weekend. the thing. Here's the thing. You already know that this is going to be the second Black Panther, right? Yes. So you know what's going to happen. Um, again, show, Instagram, like Snapchat <laughs> is just going to be... <laughs> yeah, all, you say old costumes. <laughs> costumes. Well, you think Nigeria and, and all the other countries in Africa showed out with Black Panther. Boy, they're going to... They're, they're going to be ridiculous. Like, There's going to be Madras patterns everywhere. Just... Right. <laughs> like, so... J.D. McCrary is not, he's not the kid from um, Raven's Home, but he is the kid from The New The Pains on OWN. I don't watch that. What? But let me the Pains? The Pains, you know, meet the, the you, you know, like um, House of Pain, Tyler Perry. Yeah. This is a sequel series to that. It's on oh, Amazon. okay. Why yeah. can't I find his photo? Interesting. But yeah, so that's the Lion so King. He's, he's related to, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Oh, that boy can Sing. Wait a second. Let me see. Okay, so what he's was related person's... to Darius. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw What's his him name again? I seen him. JD on... McCrary. Like just literally JD. Yeah. Yeah. I've like... seen him on something. Oh, oh yeah. He has a voice on him. He can sing. Okay. That's right. Yeah. This, this is off topic, but I'm just while we're here in Africa. When is Black Panther two coming out? They right? don't know. Oh, they didn't get a date. Okay, so I need to, I need to know. So put on my calendar. All right. It, like it'll be a while before they figure that out. Of oh, course, really? they're gonna make it. It's the one of the okay. highest well, movies well, of all Oakland time. Well, Oakland Bay is still doing it, right? Like, oh yeah, they they're gonna do it without that. Okay. Listen, they ain't gonna make the movie without me. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> behave. Okay, I behave. All right. <laughs> Next up, so 
this Christmas at the um, box office is basically apparently people don't think people are going to go see Bumblebee, so they've reduced the race to it's a race between Aquaman and Mary Poppins Returns. The current box office estimate says that Aquaman will make a hundred million over the five day holiday weekend of Christmas, you know, the weekend before and then Christmas Eve is Monday and Christmas mm-hmm. Day is Tuesday, and Mary Poppins Returns will make seventy million. I feel like. Yeah. Do people no. not like Mary Poppins like that? I feel like that's backwards. That's just me. <laughs> no, it's they are underestimating the hell out of Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. could who's, be a generational who, who thing too. Huh? Who posted this? This is um this this is like the um it's Deadline, so it's you know mm. it's the official oh. people doing the box office tracking. This tracking has changed. That's that, very odd. Like to that, this is like the updated tracking. So they think that Aquaman is gonna. I would have expected that from Poppins. a lesser. Um, outlet, media outlet. The shade. I mean, if it was, if it was no, a but... Marvel product, possibly, but no. Even if it's good, which to be honest, like Aquaman's early reactions have come out, and they all said it's good, it's really exciting and stuff. Yeah. They say it's Star Wars underwater, but but Mary Poppins doesn't even need to be excellent; it just needs to be good. Yeah, because Mary Poppins <laughs> is fucking Mary Poppins. You know, it's exactly. one of the most popular movies of all time. Yeah, it just. I think they just did that because you know it doesn't have Julie Andrews. Yeah, speaking of which, she said uh, she wasn't going to. She yeah. said she didn't want to do that. She said she didn't want to be in it. Yeah. So she wanted Emily Bunt to have her moment, but she is an Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> so this is how funny. is that? Possible? Do you? So yeah. So basically, she's, a, wait, she's, she's playing. Yeah, she's playing how? one of the. the how is she? An when she's playing one of the antagonist creatures. Yeah, she's playing a, the voice of a creature in Aquaman. Yeah. Oh, the voice, oh, not yeah. not her face, not, no, no, not, no, not her face. So <laughs> oh, oh, here's so here's the so basically that weekend right is you're going to have to make a choice. Do you want to see Mary Poppins? No, you can see Or do you want to see Mary Poppins? But yeah. So I'm just saying. ABC, you know, did the thing that they're required to do. They put out a 2020 special on Mary Poppins Returns. I didn't want, get to watch it. I went to go to the website, see if I could watch it. It's now on the fucking website. Where is it? I actually want to see it. Because oh, I feel like that. I didn't even hear about that. I, I heard about it like late too. It came out on Thanksgiving. Mm. But it was a special episode of 2020 about Mary, the making of Mary Poppins Returns. Because I, I want to really see how they bring in um, Mayo Miranda and everything and Helen Mirren and all these people who are in it. I want to <gasps> see like. Helen, oh, I love yep. her. Yeah, like, I want to see how they did the, the 2D animation for it that sort of kind of make it like the, the original, but not. Yep, Penguins is back. And what and like the new stuff that they did for it. I really am interested in sort of kind of seeing how they put it together. They're already saying Emily Blunt is going to be make her way into the uh, race for Best Actress Oscar. Because hmm. Julie Andrews won for playing Mary Poppins in 1965. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yep. So cool. that's that. Meanwhile, Aquaman, they're praying that, it, you know, it just does... Well enough to where it's, they don't. It's gonna do. I think it's gonna do a whole lot better than what they expect. But I also feel like Mary Poppins is gonna do better. More. Yeah, I think too. Yeah, and I guess poor Bumblebee. I don't know what they think of that because they said Bumblebee's only. I make have 40 not million. seen anything. I think I remember seeing one thing, but it might have been online. But I haven't seen anything. I think it's gonna be great. I saw a it's bunch just... of stuff on the Paramount Network. That's because it's a Paramount picture. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, think it's gonna, I think it's going to be yeah. great. Like, it's it just looks a little bit more... 
it is more down to earth and just more in terms of just um, being relatable. Who's even? In I feel Bumblebee? like it's if um, Haley Stein, Steinfeld, Steinfeld, and John Cena. And she, and I think she's CGI. remember Steinfeld. Isn't she uh, the voice of her voice? I don't know. What she's the voice of. She's the voice of something important. I just don't remember. It's something that came up. I don't know. I know she's from like kid shows. I thought stuff. she was in Pitch Perfect three. I remember that. Let me look it up. And while I'm looking up, I also mentioned I didn't have it in the doc. I forgot to put it up. But Rita Moreno is going to be in the new West Side Story remake by Steven Spielberg. She mm-hmm. they've re. Take, they're taking the character of Doc from the original, made it into Valentina, and she's going to play that part, which I think is a great choice. It also shifts the, it shifts the focus of the story away from just the white people because you know how important Doc is to the plot of West Side Story. Haley Steinfeld plays um, Spider Gwen in, into the Spider Verse. That's see, <laughs> told you. I mean, that movie's going to be awesome. It comes out in two weeks and everything, but I thought yeah. you meant she was like. The voice of like a Disney princess. Something. No, not Disney princess. No, because Disney princesses. No, you can no, no, because there hasn't been any recent Disney movie for Disney princess yet that has Haley uh, as something that you could. So there's put her in. about a white woman that she could be. You mean exactly? She could be Moana and like that. Exactly, but <laughs> she right. she plays um, Gwen Stacy in okay. in Spider Man Into the Spider Verse that's coming up this yeah. Christmas. Yeah, and I also know they got a um, Crondon um, from. Black Lightning is also a voice of Tombstone in that movie. Right? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Hopefully Tombstone isn't racist and hating black people. Maybe he will be. Thick-lip Negro. Maybe he will be. <laughs> uh, speaking of um, comic book movies, Warner Brothers is looking at making either or both a Blue Beetle and a Zatanna movie. Now, Zatanna, they have been trying to make a Justice League dark movie over at New Line Cinema for years. Guillermo del Toro wrote a script for it, which has gone unproduced. So, but they had an animated movie already, just Sleek Dark. Yeah, but I think what they want to do instead is make a Zatanna movie because she's, you know, a young teenage girl, you know, and just do that instead of making Justice League Dark with all like Dead Man and Constantine and all that kind of stuff. Okay. That way, you lighten it and make it more interesting to a younger audience. I see. Same thing with Blue Beetle, who, if they actually made the movie, would be the first like Latino superhero character to be like the star of the movie. Because this is like young Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes. This isn't uh, Ted Corp Blue Beetle. They make the movie about it's um, Jaime Reyes. You know Jaime Reyes from Young Justice, I'm sure. Yeah, that's um, yeah. He, he he's gonna be making an appearance again. That's coming up in the in the next the next Young Justice um, yeah. show that's gonna be on the DC streaming um, service. Yep, starting January the fourth. Yeah. What you got to say, Theo? Uh, I was say I think these first of all these are two very very cool characters. Yeah. Uh, uh, cool superheroes, and I'm I'm excited uh, just to see them uh, on the big screen. But again, WB. <laughs> so but there's no I, I, like like and the thing about these things is that I guess because Disney has people, so Marvel's a lot better about not telling you shit until shit actually happens. Right. Warner Brothers, on the other hand, it's not them announcing this stuff. It's like the nosy news sites and people who work like some of the executives trying to leak stuff out so they can get credit for it because be clear there is no guarantee either of these will ever be produced this is just them thinking about possibly making it until they start casting and get like a star date don't expect it to get made perfect example like the flash it's not right they they were gonna start they're gonna start filming it in february but they 
stopped. I guess they decided they didn't want to, they didn't like the script or whatever. But they're gonna right. film Birds of Prey instead. Which we've been waiting on that too. Birds of Prey and yeah. um, Nightwing, and uh, I think they were gonna do another Batman movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll be. I think both the Nightwing and the Batman movie are sort of kind of on hold for right now, like for various reasons. Like I don't think that's part of the problem with like Warner Brothers trying to copy what Marvel was doing. Yeah. Because like Marvel built like we talked this every, like almost every episode. Marvel built their interface from the ground up. Warner Brothers was trying to do the same old shit, and it's like these people at DC like let's let us help. They're like like no, and then they they throw them in at the last second to help rewrite shit, and it all blows up. The best it seems like the best of the Warner Brothers DC movies are the ones that basically just straight up adapt the comics. Like Wonder Woman is basically the story of Wonder Woman's origin, not too far from that. Right. Aquaman right. looks like it's going to be a combination of the first two, like, New 52 books, Shazam, the same thing. Just stick right. to what's already printed. It's a lot better than having Zack Snyder come in, Martha, why'd you say that name? All that kind of nonsense. <laughs> um, Martha! One other thing that Warner Bros. is doing right, at least to me, is they are, through the Warner Archive, they're finally putting out a Blu-ray and or DVD set, depending on which one you choose, of the color Popeye cartoons. Oh, wow. So uh, back in 2008 and nine, they put out, I think in 10, they put out three DVD box sets that um, comprised all of the black and white Popeye cartoons. All the ones made by The Flashes in the first season made by Famous Studios after they bought The Flashes and took their studio from them. This was Param- mm-hmm. um, Paramount releasing these. So now they stopped when they got to the all-color Popeye cartoons because the budgets ran out and stuff. But now that... Is something Popeye happening, or is that no? It's not. They just uh, there, was, there was supposed to have been a movie from Sony that they, they never made, but they are going ahead anyway with releasing the first Popeye color cartoons. Well, the first ones in a re- regular series from 1943, 44, and 45 in a box that it comes out this December. I already pre-ordered mine. It has one of my favorite, two of my favorite Popeye cartoons. Um, we're um, we're going. We're on our way to Rio, where they go to Rio and see the Brazilian version of olive oil and stuff. And she's six sailors where Popeye, olive oil is obsessed with, with uh, Superman. So Bluto dresses up like Superman to challenge Popeye. That one I think everybody has seen. <laughs> I, v- I vaguely remember. Yeah, that was yeah. one of my favorites. Um, I know my, my mom would love it. She loves Popeye. Yes. Yeah, I would say get it for it. It's only I think it's like twenty twenty one dollars is what I paid for the Blu-ray. Oh, I think the DVD is cheaper. All right. Mm-hmm. And for TV stuff, Gronish comes back January second on Freeform. They put out an uh, awesome promo where they recreated the opening credits of a different world. But they they sing the um they're singing um the uh, the Gronish song. Oh, you know, like uh, Mama, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> But they're singing it on, like in like a style like a different world. <laughs> um, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comes back for season two on April fifth, two thousand and nineteen. Which means I'm gonna have a fucking busy weekend that week. I had to take the whole week off, I guess, or the week after, because that's the same weekend as Shazam. Oh, so I can't Man. I can't skip either of those. Man, I'm just look, I'm not even here for Sabrina. I'm just here for Miss Miss Hardwell. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she and that, she and that damn, that damn uh, blow dryer of hers. As, she, <laughs> uh, as, we, as we mentioned before, CBS is um, not ordering any more episodes of Murphy Brown or Happy Together for the season. 
They aren't officially canceled yet, but Happy Together probably end up being canceled. Murphy Brown, they claimed that they were only ever going to do 13 episodes this season anyway and consider doing a renewal for season two. But all that has remains to be decided yet. I see. And the, re- the director of Cowboy Bebop is going to be producing a anime for Adult Swim, which is be- which will be adapted from Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Uh, I'm going to try this name. What's it? Where Shini- do you see it? Well, Ali, you, right here. Right there. Shinichiro Watanabe. What's Watanabe? Yeah, Shinichiro yeah. Watanabe. Yeah, You're right. So, Blade Runner has flopped twice as a movie. Once in 1982 and then again in 2017. Even though I thought both of them were fine, basically. Well, not, well, well Blade Runner 1 has its, has its own problems. Yeah, but the, but Blade Runner 1, that's that's a classic, bro. That's If you've seen it? I have. Is it? Did people think it was bad? I didn't. I thought there were some issues with it. Oh. Um... Okay. But I like I actually like Blade Runner two a lot better. Blade Runner two was two thousand and yeah, that one I remember seeing that one and I, I unfortunately fell asleep. Yeah, you did because you because it's three hours long. Because it is so long, and it's not a movie that's like action, action, action. There's a lot of time. And the thing about it is though, it's not bad it's because a, yeah. the soundtrack for that movie is really good. It's a good movie, but it is like a drama and yeah. it is long. Yeah, but there's there's sometimes in the movie really beautiful landscape yeah. shots of just and the music that's playing over it. But that music, that's the kind of music that sends me straight to sleep, though. Uh, yeah, I can just put the Blade Runner soundtrack on and I'll just be completely out. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, let's go ahead for our um, reviews. All right, so first up. We will talk about Creed 2. So I'm going to back away because I actually want to see this movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, Creed 2 came out over Thanksgiving holiday. It's directed not by Ryan Coogler, but by Stephen Cappell Jr., who he directed an indie film. I forgot the name of it right now that Nas produced. I'm going to look at it right quick. I literally forgot the name of it, but this was his first studio movie he had ever done. Which it was also the first Creed was Ryan Coogler's first studio movie because he had done Fruitvale Station before that, which was independent. Because originally uh, Sylvester Stallone was going to direct Creed to himself, and he was convinced not to do that. Yeah, the other movie was The Land that he did before that. He did two other ones: A Different Tree and Prentice and Fury's Ice Cream Adventure. But yeah, so. And of course, they brought Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone to play Rocky, Tessa Thompson, Felicia Rashad, Dolph Lundgren to play Ivan Drago, and then they brought in <laughs> Florian Big Nasty Monteo Montaigne, I think is pronounced as uh, Victor Drago, his son. And so the whole thing's basically, you know, you're pitting um, the son of Ivan Drago against the son of Apollo Creed. And of course, Ivan Drago killed Apollo Creed. <laughs> Back in which fucking Rocky was it? <laughs> it was Rocky Four. Rocky Four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can I can never remember if it's three or four. I just remember that. You know, like I remember the basic plot. I must break you, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So this movie, this movie, I actually thought was really good. I would give it a straight up A. It could have gone extremely corny. 
Yeah, really, yeah, it could have been really bad. <laughs> that it's, a, it's a sequel to fucking Rocky Four. It right. could have been very corny, and they found a way to like subvert every element that could have possibly been like not have worked, and made this very character-driven, dramatic movie that even managed to not. While it doesn't redeem the Dragos at all, it does humanize their villainy. Yeah, it was, I think that's the part that caught me off guard the most. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of uh, worried, you know, I was like, oh, they're bringing back the Dragos. And, but, you know, Rocky already got that, that redemption in the end of Rocky Four. And why must we see this again? You know, can we get this guy another story? Um, but I think the, Drago's angle with his mother and, and uh, well, Ivan losing everything and then Victor um, being motivated uh, by his father to, to, to get what he had and uh, bring her back and stuff like that. That right. stuff was, that was some good stuff towards the end. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah. Before, uh, before we get into spoilers, Rocket, what letter grade would you give? Oh, it? sorry. That's all good. Um, I like Cree 1 more than Cree 2. Um, I would say I would give Creed. I'll give Creed a. I give a, a, a B plus. Okay, I, yeah, I, I feel like I'm about even on both of them. To be honest. Um, Coffee light, sweet. Are you there? I am here. Okay. Mm-hmm. What Wait, letter grade would you, <laughs> What letter grade would you give Creed to? I agree um, with Brandon. I like them both the same, but for different reasons. Um, I think that they balance each other out. Um, the one and the two. Right. And so. Well, like, okay, all right. Um, (laughs) So, uh, we go ahead now into spoilers, right quick. So, if you haven't seen Creed 2, this is your point to um, turn back. Um, But, yeah, so, right quick. So, I mean, before we get deep into spoilers, I mean, basically, you know, like, the plot is fairly straightforward. Um, Ivan Drago brings his son Victor to America to challenge uh, Adonis Creed. You know, the whole idea being that, you know, as they alluded to, like, they're on a quest to regain glory for the family because after Ivan Drago lost to Rocky in Rocky Four, like, basically he was run out of Russia. Um, they're living... Where are they living? Like, they're living... I know they're living in another country. I don't, I just literally forgot which country it was. Is it the Ukraine? Yeah, it is the Ukraine, yes. Yeah, yeah. They're living in the Ukraine. And, like, um, Ivan Drago's wife left them. And everything like that. And so this whole thing of like, we have to do this in order to try to get back into our country's good graces and, you know, be respected again. And so Victor Drago is like, you know, he's this gigantic dude, like, like at least 1.5 times the size of Adonis Creed. <laughs> like, I'm like, and but like when he challenges him on TV, like, Adonis can't help but take the bait, you know, the whole thing. You know, this guy killed my dad, like he, and he feels like he has to do it. And Rocky is a dance thing, because Rocky's, of course, is a traitor, and so him and Rocky, like, temporarily part ways. And he goes back to um, Wood Harris, who's, like, the son of Apollo Creed's trainer, and they're going to train for this fight. And he gets in the ring, gets his ass handed to him. On a plate. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that, that, that shit was really, really hard to watch. Like, and he gets his yeah. ribs broken and everything and ends up, you know, having to go in the hospital and everything and get surgery and having to recover. And he does, he can't bring himself to come back to boxing for a while. 
like when he tries to go back after he's healed and everything to start training, he just gets back in the car and drives away without saying a word. Yeah, he had a Hulk moment from uh, the Avengers. Yeah. No! Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, but I, I really, really like how it got into Adonis's psyche and sort of kind of dealt with his own, like, like, de- like depression and feelings of inadequacy after he lost and went through the whole cycle. Because the whole time, him is he proposes to his girlfriend, Bianca, and they get pregnant. Well, they were already pregnant and didn't know it, but, you know, his mother knew it, Marianne um, Johnson, played by Felicia Rashad. It's like, so... You know, I see you over there, skin glowing and everything. How long? How long have you been, have you been pregnant? And it's like pregnant? I'm not pregnant. And she just looks like, mm-hmm. Giving you that Claire Huxley, I know. <laughs> and they clapped to the, with the fraternity test, with the, fraternity, uh, with, the, with the pregnancy test. They're like, oh, she is pregnant, and so they have it of a child. And so it's also it's the journey of that side. And I really like the stuff with Bianca and the and the child and the whole thing. You know, we remember from Creed one. She is, she's a singer, but she's losing her hearing. She has like a progressive um, hearing um, um, issue. And it seems like the baby may have inherit, may have been born deaf. They're doing like, you know, like the audio tests on the baby and, and uh, she's not responding. But like all this stuff's handled with like this very great human touch that, you know, they could have cut the fights out of the picture and it would still be a good movie. The fight's just, the fight's at on top of everything because the whole thing, once, you know, once Adonis realizes what he has to fight for, you know, and everything and how important boxing is to him, himself, and not just to him trying to live to the legacy of his father. You know, mm-hmm. him and Rocky reconcile and they go out to the middle of the goddamn desert and <laughs> start trading and do the music montage and everything. Because the whole idea is that he has to learn how to take punches better so that he can survive better in the ring with Victor Drago. He's going to use mostly brute force and try to like use speed and agility to win. And so they get, they get to the final fight, which is in Russia, rather than the U.S. And man, that fight was awesome. Uh, niggas was in the theater cheering it with every hit like it was a real fight. <laughs> it, it didn't help that it was a studio movie grill and half of them were probably drunk anyways, uh, myself included. And so, <laughs> people were like, get him, Creed! <laughs> I, I felt conflicted. I, I was like, I, I, you know, of course, going to the movie, you want Donnie to win, but, um, like, Towards the end of that fight, I was like, I don't know, man. I kind of want Victor to get what he wants out of this. Right. Because like, yeah. the thing was that the mom started showing up to Victor's event. And he started winning, basically. He basically, yeah. after he... Because the whole thing with this reverse fight with Creed was that it was thrown out because he threw one last punch after the ref had stopped the fight. So it, right. was, it, was, it didn't count towards... Uh, Creed's uh, title being the heavyweight boxing champion, but he started fighting everybody else, you know, throughout like the circuit or whatever to sort of kind of, you know, like, you know, you know, basically aiming for a rematch. And the fight, the, the best thing about the whole thing is the idea that Rocky has this guilt about not having stopped the Apollo Creed versus Ivan Drago fight back in the 80s. And the sweet irony is that once, you know, 
Victor starts losing clearly to um, to Donnie. Ivan comes in and stops the fight. He throws in the towel. Like this very nice sort of symmetry with the other movie. Yeah, that was that was unexpected. Yeah, um, I thought that was pretty cool. But I don't I don't remember this. But do you remember from Rocky Four if they established um, Bridget Nielsen's character was married to um, Ivan? I don't I was, remember. I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, oh yeah, that happened, but now I don't remember. <clears throat> I think so. I, I'm not sure, but I think that um, Bridget Nielsen was in the audience. I, I think that she was the love interest of um, Ivan. Ivan. I think. Because when you look at the Rocky Four, um, you do see her in the audience, and she is not happy that he's losing. Right. She, yeah. she, she, she is... Build us the wife in Rocky Four. I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia mm-hmm. right now. Okay, mm-hmm. Ludmilla. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that stuck out to me about Creed Two was the family dynamics. Even it, even though it was revolving around boxing, because that was sort of like the the linchpin of everything. This could be any family. You know, you have a father who had a dream, a big dream that basically, you know, fueled everything that he was about and he lost his dream and now he has a son and the father is broken and bitter and very angry, but he has a son and he's looking and his son is following in his footsteps, following in the same tradition. It could be boxing. It could be business. It could be medicine, law, teaching, academia, but the son is following in the footsteps and it's very possible that the son can win. And you look at um, Drago Jr., and he's he's like this mountain of a man, like this huge machine. So the, so the father is 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 pinning all of his hopes on his son, but and he's quite mm-hmm. brutal to him as far as like a father, yes. like you know, like through the yeah. training yes. and everything. Yeah, because he he needed for his son to make the father's dream come true. Yeah, if the son didn't want to do it, it didn't matter. If the son you know didn't agree, it didn't matter. Um, the father had one chance to just make things right in the father's mind, and he was going to do it come hella high water through his son. But the beauty of it, just like, um, um, I'm sorry, Theodore, is it Theodore? Uh, yeah, Theo. Uh-huh. Theo. Um, what Theo was saying was that um, toward the end of the movie, you saw the son had this awakening, like, you know what, something about this is not right. Wait a minute. I mean, I... You know, I, I'm I, I'm not feeling too great about this. It, right. it's, it's, I, I mean, I know fighting is what I do. Fighting is what I do. Is what I live to do. But something about this feels like it doesn't belong to me. And you sort of see the son kind of wake up and look at his father in a different light. Like, hmm. But there was a scene in the movie that I didn't like, and the entire theater went up when <laughs> the father saw that the son was starting to pull away. Like the father kept pushing the son. You have to do this because we lost everything because of what happened. And, you know, and, and, and um, the creed name is what destroyed our family. And then he said to his son, that's why she left us. Yeah. I was like, no, you did not put all of your stuff on your son. Really? The entire theater went bananas because it was very clear that the father was manipulating the pain of his son to further his own agenda. And it's done every day in families. 
It's done every day in families. So that yeah, was deep. Is. All right. Any well, other words about Creed too? Um, well, another thing that I have a hard time watching in the uh, or understanding in, in both creeds is Donnie's care as Donnie's um sometimes like out, emotional outbursts toward uh Rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, though that was a hard scene to watch, you know, Rocky trying to warn him not to do it, and mm-hmm. you know, then Donnie kind of flips out on him and uh I think right in front of the apartment. Mm-hmm. And same thing, he, he did the same thing in uh, the jail scene uh, in Creed One when he just kind of lashed out at Rocky when Rocky's trying to care for him and give him uh, uh, good advice. Yeah, it's uh, the, he's young and impulsive is really what it is to me. It's like he he he. I think he doesn't quite like his whole thing of like the because you know like the father figure clashing with the son figure really like. Yeah. And as far as like rejecting the wisdom that Rocky's tried to impart upon him. Right. I think that that's <laughs> a universal thing because we've all been there. You know, we've been right. young, younger and you have someone who has maybe more experience or maybe who's older, who's been in that place that we're going to. And they try to tell us, you know, they say, well, I'm telling you, if you do a thing like this way, you know, this may happen to you. And I don't want that to happen to you. So I'm telling you, please don't do it that way. But, you know, you kind of push back and you say, I'm going to do it my way. And then the very thing that you didn't want to happen does happen. And the person who warned you about it happening is there. And thankfully, they don't walk away and they say, all right, let's try it again. But this time, let's do it a different way. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to laugh about it, but yeah, Rocky did warn him. I'm like, when he came to see him in the hospital, mm-hmm. he wanted- you know, how do you have the energy after getting your ass whipped like that <laughs> to, be upset, to be upset with uh, Rocky? Um, it was his pride. It was his yeah. pride. Yeah. His pride was hurt because he got his, just he just whooped. Just, yeah. <laughs> man, oh man, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bad, but, you know. He was at the, at the Adrian's restaurant. Watch, stop the fight. Stop the fight. Mm-hmm. Stop the fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. And on a final note, um, Warner Brothers ain't shit for, for stealing this movie from New Line Cinema. So New Line Cinema, MGM produced the original Creed. Mm-hmm. And so, but um, I noticed that this one said MGM and Warner Brothers presents in association with New Line Cinema. <laughs> they said, oh, it made money. Oh, it's going to be ours now. Y'all don't get the cabinet no more. Give it to us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trifling. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, we're going to talk about um, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck-It Ralph 2. That is my signal, Ali. Come back and sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so coming out the same day as Creed 2, and actually besting it at the box office, to my surprise, not that one is worse than the other, and I just I was surprised that that happened, uh, was um, Ralph Breaks the Internet, the sequel to the 2012 film Wreck-It Ralph by Rich Moore and Phil Johnston, who did the original. It is basically what, you, you know, you people people have seen the trailers, you know, you know that Wreck-It Ralph, he's a character from a 1980s video game who in the first movie befriended of uh, Vanellope Farm Sweets, who is a character from a 90s racing game called Sugar Rush. And the two of them sort of kind of been hanging out over the years and everything. And 
at one, and so in Ralph breaks the internet. Ralph, because Vanellope complains about her game becoming monotonous, because you know every time they run through it, she knows our levels and stuff now. So she complains about the monotony of it, and Ralph basically feels like tries to make a new level in her game for her, which causes the game to be broken. The problem being that the company who makes her game went out of business years ago. And so the only way to get a replacement part, because the steering wheel is what broke, is they had to buy it off of eBay. But the man, Mr. Liquid, who runs the arcade, doesn't have the $200 to get the part. And so when he installs Wi-Fi into the arcade, Ralph decides that he and Vanellope should go to the internet uh, and buy the steering wheel themselves for her game to save her game because they're going to unplug it and take it away, which means that all the game characters will be homeless, basically. But they already escaped before he unplugged the game. So they climb into the router and go to the internet. And so same way Wreck-It Ralph 1 sort of kind of brought you this world of what the inside of video games led to video game characters. This one sort of kind of personifies the world of the internet as this really, really big like combination between a server room and a like metropolis like a New York or a Tokyo, where everything is alive, there's billboards everywhere for stuff. Uh, a lot of it, very very lucrative licensing deals for Google and Amazon mm-hmm. and stuff and yep. eBay. And, you know, you get, like, the personifications of, like, pop-ups and pop-up blockers. <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, and one of the pop-ups, you know, they take to the website. The website's this ratty-looking apartment with r- rats and roaches and shit running around. Mm-hmm. And like they go to eBay, it's a gigantic like auction site slash Walmart, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. where the people are bidding on like, everything from a a velvet a black velvet painting of a kitten to a courtship shaped like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think to, to, so? Did she? Have, they have to pay her. To, yes, they did. So they have to pay her to get her they picture. Pay, okay. They pay her to get the picture in there. Yes, they did. Okay. Because. <laughs> uh, because uh, I was like, you all just can't just yeah. use Beyonce's face whenever you want to. That's yeah. not going to happen. A lot has been made in the trailers of the fact that Vanellope ends up going to the OhMyDisney.com website and meeting all the other Disney princesses. The scene, there's, there's two scenes in the movie, The Princesses. They're cute, but they don't, they're, they're very short scenes. The trailer makes a lot out of it because I guess, you know, for marketing's sake, but it also has the unfortunate side effect of you've seen most of the scene in the trailer already. Or at least heard about it, certainly with the whole thing with them having to reanimate Princess Tiana because they made her too light and made her nose smaller. Too light? Too light? You know, they had to go back and reanimate all of that. Um, I would give the movie an A-, minus. I would say. Or like maybe more like a B+, plus, to be honest. Like, it, I enjoyed it, but you still can't shake the, fact, shake, shake the feeling that this one, more so than the first one, sort of kind of an ad for internet sites. Because they spent way too much time at fucking eBay. <laughs> I mean that is something the movie down, but like there's so much eBay in the movie. It's like it's I feel like an ad for eBay, but also this movie was made by a bunch of like like older guys. Yeah. Like like written by older older guy older guys. <laughs> no, older men and women. Because trust me, if they were younger, they would have literally they would have gone, they would have been Amazon. Yeah, it was like, been they, they would have been on Amazon uh, marketplace <laughs> rather than eBay. Yeah. eBay is not where I'm gonna go if right. I'm trying to get something. I'm sorry. So like that's the that's also the curse of making a movie like this is that it's gonna be immediately dated once they start writing because it's gonna take them two years to animate it. Yeah, so can you imagine watching this movie like 20 years from now? Oh yeah. 
Like people would be like, oh my god, that's so cute. They used to use eBay. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like for what works does work is is still funny. And the focus on the main focus on the characters of Ralph and Penelope really helps the film move along. Yeah, if they didn't have that, that film would have died. Yeah, like, it would have been very bad. It would just it would have just been ads for internet sites. Yeah, I'll talk about more after we get into the spoilers, but I did want to say with the Disney Princess thing, it was nice that they brought back. All the voices who are still with us of the Disney princesses. Ali was like, how do they bring them all back? Are some of them like old? I'm like, yes. Uh, Jody Benson and Paige O'Hare, who play Ariel and Belle, respectively. They are women of an older age now, but they still can cite those characters because it's just voice acting. They ain't got to be on camera. The only one who's still alive who didn't do her voice was Mary Costa, who's the voice, the voice of Aurora, Sleeping Beauty. She is still alive, but she's like 90-something, so... She's not going to come back and do that voice. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that's not really a spoiler. Oh, and also, I did enjoy Taraji P. Henson's character. She is the voice of Yes, who is the algorithm for a website called BuzzTube, which is, you know, take BuzzFeed and YouTube and put them together as BuzzTube. So she's sort of depicted as like, you know, algorithm decides what you do and don't see when you go to a website based upon what you like and don't like. So and her and her assistant maybe yeah, <laughs> and so she's depicted as this like ever change like her outfit changes in every scene for no reason like the camera cuts she has a new outfit on, and so like that's the personification of how trends change yeah the drop so of the dime she's super trendy and stuff and everything and basically like you know like lives for whatever is hot when she hears that Ralph is trending on the internet because basically Ralph tries to go become like a buzz tube star to try to raise the money to buy the steering wheel. And so, like, she literally lights up with excitement. Oh, you're trending! Here's here's a heart for you. Heart, 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 heart. You get a heart. Everybody gets a heart. Yes. All right, but I really, I really did enjoy it. So now we're gonna talk about spoilers, right quick. Who has seen the movie? Better than me and Ali. I haven't seen it yet, so that's next on my list. Yeah, I haven't seen it. All right, so. I, I'm going to, I'll text y'all back when it's safe to come back in. I'm going to do some spoilers right quick, talk with Ali. And for those okay. in the audience who haven't seen it yet, it won't be too much. It's not too much to spoil. But those in the audience who haven't seen it yet, this was the stop point for like, go ahead to the next section because we're going to spoil a little bit of it. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about with spoilers is that the fact that Two video game characters don't have any concept of how eBay works, which is hilarious. The whole idea of they bid themselves to a like point of $21,000. Yeah. No, $27,000. $27,100,000 $27, for the steering wheel. It's like, what's your uh, credit card number? Seven. Seven. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 11. Those aren't credit card numbers. <laughs> I, I, I love how indignant she was, too. She was... Really yeah, not here for the it. Checkout lady. Because she's been she's been doing this all day yeah. and all night. Yeah. And so she's fed up. She's about she's trying to go home. Yeah, because like, you know, the internet, like Vanellope points out, it never the sun never sets in right. the internet because it's always on. But like the main like sort of kind of crux of, the, of their plot is that they end up in a game called Slaughter Race. Slaughter Race. Trying to find a because like the pop-up guy wants them to find they're like they're vi- mining for video game. Novelties, I, novelties. Yeah, that can that can fetch them a lot of money is when that, they sell. That's real, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a thing that you can do. You can go get things um, and that are very rare, and then you can use that to turn it into real currency online. Right. 
And so they end up in Slaughter Race, but but it's still um, the car of Shank, who is voiced by Gal Gadot. And I didn't re- re- realize it was her talking about the credits. I hadn't paid as much attention, I guess, to the trailers. But, like, she was awesome. Like, you know. And I, I really enjoy her character. Vanellope basically is like, wow, she's awesome because, you know, she's a racer, too. And so Ralph immediately starts getting jealous. And Vanellope takes her to Shining to Slaughter Race versus her own game that she wants to come and live in Slaughter Race or at least stay for a long time. But she doesn't know how to tell Ralph that. Ralph is like overhearing it over the, like, the messenger that they have, which breaks his heart. And so he decides to try to figure out, well, how do I make this Slaughter Race game unappealing so that she'll come back to the arcade with me? And I learned that what originally happened when they wrote it, Ollie, was that they did go back to the arcade. And Vanellope was just lonely and then went back to herself. Like, there was a whole thing that they went back. Well, they, no, he, so he goes to the dark web, which is depicted as like a, a shady street corner. Oh, my God. That was, that was legit scary. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> just like, remember running? Just like Hercules, it was a nasty place. It was a, it was a mess with every step. <laughs> and they get a virus from the, this guy, um, I think Double Dare was his name or whatever yeah, like that. Some creepy. Who, him and his like little conjoined little brother and his shoulder. <laughs> it was like remember the remember the live action uh, one hundred one Dalmatians. Yeah, where they they asked the two idiots like don't talk when you talk to Scar, don't look at his scar and don't mention the scar. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you just keep mentioning the fact that this is this 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 huge boil that has a face on his neck and you're just like stop looking at it. Yeah. It, it. <laughs> and get the virus because Ralph's plan is to make Slaughter Race slow down so that it'll be unappealing. But of course, the the virus destroys the game and he has to bail her out because, you know, they established in part one well, that if you were outside of your actual game and, you're, and the game you're in shuts down, you won't regenerate. You'll basically just die. And so when Vanellope, Vanellope he could, in that scene, after that, Ralph immediately confesses and then they have the, the whole breakup thing. Mm. In the original script, they went back to um to the arcade. Oh, okay. With the um steering wheel intact and everything, oh, okay. and he confessed there. And that's still. when she, she then what she leaves in angrily to, to yeah. go back to slaughter race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because they were talking about how they um because Jennifer Lee, you know, she is now the chief creative officer at Disney. She replaced mm. um John Lasseter. Okay. And she, that was her like note that made him like, do they have to go back? You'd save three minutes of screen time. Yeah, I actually like. Yeah, I actually like it. <laughs> yeah. there the way it ended. Yeah, because I would like them. I would have liked for them to handle this issue because this is a real issue that a really big, and yeah, important issue he's, that he's dealing with. He's and super he insecure to, about losing the only friend he's ever really had. Yeah, and so he sabotages her happiness. Mm. I love how the the virus. Basically, what it does is it looks for insecurities. Yeah, but it's a play on security. Right. Because it's actually threatening the security of the program, but it's looking for insecurities in the characters. In the characters. So Penelope's <laughs> insecure a little bit about her glitch. Whenever she gets scared or emotional, she glitches, you know. Right. And so the the virus destroyed the game by duplicating her glitch and making everything glitch inside the game. Right. With Ralph, he's super he's hundred percent insecure about yeah. his But only when but wait, but that's only when when the, the the virus gets done, if her hurt with um slaughterer's game, yeah. it gets out into the internet. Yeah. And then it threatens the actual stability of the internet. 
But first it focuses on Ralph. Yeah. Copies his insecurity and just makes a ton of Ralphs. Yeah. Who are like, friends. Friends. Who are just really needy and obsessed. Yeah. Really needy and obsessed with zombies. And like, it's like a, a wrecked Ralph. Um, DDoS attack. Ugh. That's knocking people's internet off and everything. Oh, I forgot to mention that when like um, Shank and Slaughter Race makes Ralph a viral star by filming his by filming his first Buzz Two video, right. so that they can make money on the internet easily that way. So he becomes like a viral video hit, and so you see people in their cubicles watching the videos. It was like, but this is I could tell grown folks made this movie. I mean, grown people always make, but this is like movie was made for grown people because it's like this is what y'all do at work. <laughs> Y'all in between working on movies. Y'all be watching YouTube videos of cats and stuff. No work at all. Y'all don't do no work. But I love how, like, ended up, like, basically it's man versus man because it's Ralph having to battle his own self, literally, Mm because all the the Ralphs for one big, gigantic King Kong Ralph, which is, you know, a callback to the whole Donkey Kong thing. Well, Brandon, I thought that scene was so powerful. Just the idea... The whole, whole meta that is it, that your insecurity, if, if let, left unchecked, gets so big and overwhelming that, that it, it actually physically threatens the friends that you yeah. want to actually interact with. Right. And it did. It threatened Vanellope. It it basically kidnapped her. Right. I mean, it it's it's like as if it's it's just so overpowered um, neediness. That's like. That was bordering on abuse, Brandon. That's like a that could be if you if you extrapolate that could be an um, uh, applied to another situation like a boyfriend who is obsessed with his girlfriend, right. maybe or or a guy who gets turned on by a girl and then he you know yeah. that could be seen as assault. Yeah, could be seen as assault, buddy. So yeah, and so of course Ralph solves it by by convincing his gigantic self that you know you have to let her go. This needs to be her life. And so when it happens, all the routes disappeared. No, I will say this though. Another important part that happened just before that is very, very important for kids watching. Vanellope, she actually surrenders. Yeah, she sacrifices herself and says, okay, I'll be your friend, just your friend. But please let let Ralph go. And that is a tipping point that I think parents need to make sure that kids understand what Vanellope was doing she doesn't have to do right that is not the way to solve this problem by by giving in if somebody's pressuring you to do something that you don't want to do giving in is not the way which is why Ralph immediately realizes what he has to do exactly yeah you, you have to acknowledge hey what I'm doing is wrong I may be needy but you have to if you really love her you need to let her go and I, I love how the resolve is that Ralph goes back to his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shank alters Slaughter Race so that Vanellope can regenerate in there, and she stays there. Right, that's where she is from now on. You know, and they, you know, they talk over the phone and stuff and everything. And yeah. when she visits, when she has days off, right? And, when they're doing when they're doing updates on her game, right? And so they are still friends, but just they're long distance friends, and it's fine because she is happier in that game, right? Than she would than she was in Sugar Rush, and I like the idea that. This forces Ralph to then um, learn to interact more with the other characters in the arcade. Right. So that way he makes more friends, he makes more connections. Yeah. Because that's honestly what was the next stage of this. In the very beginning, the first Ralph, Ralph was very um, insecure about his character because he had no friends. He's a he's quote unquote a villain in his game. Right. Right. So now he has one friend, but he's had one friend for too long. Right. And he's he's had six years. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I, and of course, you have to realize their video game. They don't, they don't age, right? So, like, it's been six years, but they still look the same. Yeah. So he has, um, yeah, he has a, a serious, 
like detachment um, anxiety or right. yeah. So he needs to work through that. And that's, I just think that that's such a really powerful yeah. um, message, especially in this day and age where, um, you know, we've been discussing issues, social issues recently with, in terms of consent and, yeah. you know, what has been going on in the media. And toxic masculinity. And toxic masculinity, I've all seen, that I've stuff. I've seen people talk a lot about that in the reviews for this movie. Yeah. So I think that that's very important, especially for young people, uh, you know. Yeah. And well, so other notes, they promised us Mario. I guess they couldn't get Mario. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we got Sonic instead. More Sonic. Because in the first one, Sonic is just there as a PSA. In this one, he's there as a PSA, but he's in person. <laughs> yeah. He's just a know-it-all. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, what yeah. else I want to say? Um, there was some There was some pretty smart little cameos. Um, the dark web. Yeah. Well, no, the, the, the place where the... Um, it was it the place where he found the um the the virus or was it the place where the pop-up blocker lives where Both. they have really old junky um past very old outdated internet sites when Vanellope um basically tells Ralph get away from me mm-hmm. she takes his um you're a hero thing he earned a part and he tosses it she tosses it yeah she tosses into it into the like a chasm he goes to dig for it and it's like where all the old websites have gone to die. Mm-hmm. There's a boss and there's this property of GeoCities, and I Ugh. cackled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. GeoCities, your Netscape. Yeah, a- AOL. AOL was there. <laughs> the AOL sign. I was like, Jesus, shade. <laughs> yeah, that was so, really. That was really funny. That's 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 using your licensing money for good yeah. use. And then, of course, so the the scene in the trailer about the um the. Kitty cat gets the most shaken, the buddy gets the pancake. Yeah. It's not in the movie itself, but the, the credits started rolling. And like the little girl from that from the trailer is like, so the mom is like, Well, sweetie, how'd you enjoy the movie? Well, I like there was a scene that was in a trailer, but not in the movie, but and that sort of disturbed me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fine, honey. Go ahead and play your game. As they play the scene. <laughs> the very same scene that would have that should have been in the movie, but was actually in the trailer. So it, <laughs> It was. It became a very funny meta joke that I think yes. was just. Yeah, that was, you know, just uh, icing Ralph, on the cake. I think you should speed the kitty cat a, a little bit more because the bunny's about to fucking explode. And he's like, "But the kitty cat gets the milkshake. The, the bunny gets, gets the pancake." And, and the, the bunny's bun- just like, oh. <laughs> "Yeah." The bunny's like, "Jesus Christ!" It's just, <laughs> just the pancake. And then you, the bunny about to explode. They cut the little girl. Are you here? Spat. And then the final gag, which I made Ali stay for in the mm, theater, mm-mm. is that they say, and now, a preview of Frozen 2. Click here to play. And you click. Yeah. You get fucking rickrolled by Red Ralph. Never gonna <laughs> give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna turn you up and desert you. <laughs> and I was like, wow. That is such a meme. Jesus. And they dropped that in there. That was... Yeah, this movie has a really a lot of smart things. Another thing that was really smart in the movie is the fact that Ralph had to deal with um, bad comments on his yeah, BuzzFeed. Yeah, he went to the BuzzFeed comment section now. Yeah. Like, oh, Ralph. <laughs> Never go to the comment section. Never go to the comment section. Because at section. first, his comments were nice. And then all of a sudden, he starts seeing really terrible yep. comments. And so the movie also um, addresses, you know, how to deal with Online getting... Online harassment because... Yeah. yeah. Like, Taraji's character, Yaz, basically comes in as like, you know, you, you're going to see a lot of bad here, but there's still good as well. And, you know, think about your goal of trying to save your friend's game. Yeah. 
And I and I thought that was that yeah. was another a poignant you yeah. know part there. This very you you should watch this movie twice because I feel like as if there are little things yes, there. that you would pick up in. There's so many little Easter eggs in there. Oh, the one that killed Ali in the princess scene when they did like the Batman transition. With the, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, I was over it. No, you know, Ali was doubled over in his chair. Was he was. Out so, that laid him out. <laughs> they had because the nerf. They had this so, and it was so well done. They were just like, wait a second. So after all the Disney princesses have realized that okay, we've we've agreed that you are in fact a princess, but you know your clothes. You don't have princess clothes. We noticed, and and they were just like, yeah, wh- wh- where who makes who are the birds who make your clothes for you? <laughs> so she so she just explains you know it's just like this is like comfortable wear. This is casual wear. You guys ought to try it. What? That and then the scene where they save Ralph after he just like destroys his like big gigantic <laughs> other self and he's falling and they all the Disney princesses are combined all their powers of water and swimming oh, and ice and stuff. All and the, the colors of the powers wind. combined and, and all play. of their titular character music. Yeah, all the music, all the score, not just the songs, but the score. All of the scores combined. It was like. <laughs> It was like heroin. Like what? The, you just—it's just somebody just shot you up. Oh, with and the one last Disney. thing I got to mention. So they tell Vanellope, "You'll learn. You'll learn. You'll learn what your dream is when you stare into water, yeah. important water, because because and you'll they, start to sing." And the important the, the thing about it is too, it's like she's in this scene where Vanellope goes to the princess. She's having a conflict with the fact that hey, I really want to be in this this race move this race game. But I don't want to break my friends up. What should I do? And the advice is what they, the princesses yeah. tell her. And man, oh man. That leads to a fucking gigantic Alan Meekin music sequence in Slaughter Race where they're jumping on cars and stuff and blowing things up. And it's like, Slaughter Race. And the gigantic yes. orchestra. Or- or- they Slaughter Race. That took me. Out. You are like, you just, you're just not prepared for it, right? And it it starts again. You're just like, oh, shoot. They're going to give Vanellope a a music sequence. Oh, God. And she starts singing and oh, it is, it is beautiful. Yeah, definitely. I would give this movie an A. Um, I really liked it. Uh, I just loved where it was going. I love the themes of it. Um, It was really, really something to be also. I think they did an excellent job. Um, I don't know if that might lead to another movie because I feel like I said that's it. That should be it. I feel like. But it should be. Yeah, I feel like that's it. There's there shouldn't there should not be a real Ralph. That three. being said, it's been number one at the box office for two weeks. So don't be surprised if you get Wreck It Ralph part three. Okay, fine, but I would be okay if Wreck It Ralph two was the end of this little this little um examination, right. basically. Okay. All right, and that's record. That's, I'm back. All right, and that's Ralph breaks the internet. Um, hopefully, the trio come back. I know Theo said he had to log off. But yes. I'm here. Okay, there we go. All right, let's go ahead on Mo to the bene. SSN challenge, which is a little bit different this week because it's not like we're going to pick out like good and bad things to say or like that. We did talk about two very problematic issues that have come up. Mm. All right, so let's go ahead. And- all right, so first up, now this one's one that was circling for a long time. So Neil deGrasse Tyson, a while ago, he had been accused of sexual assault, of, I believe of rape, from when he was mm. in college. 
when they, he was a college what? professor of oh, a student. Let me make sure I have all that correct. But make sure that. I... Yeah. Right. Oh no, not Dr. Tyson, not him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the first the first accuser, her name was Taishi. I met. She said back in 2014 that when she was studying at um, the University of Texas in Austin. And um, her, uh, her and Neil deGrasse Tyson were both students. This was back in oh, okay. the 80s. Okay, so when he was a student. That he drugged her and raped her. Oh, my then. God. But then the um, this woman named Caitlin Aller said that when she, when she was... Like she was a physics astronomy professor, and by this time, Neil deGrasse Tyson was also a professor. Um, he, he, she says that he groped her in 2009 when they were meeting at the American... Astronaut, um, astronomical society. I guess that's astronomical in its regular usage. Okay. Uh, and then in two, and another woman named Ashley Walters says that Neil deGrasse Tyson tried to persuade her into sexual intercourse with him, with, with, well, um, with him, and made inappropriate comments and kind no. of the way he deemed overweight actresses on his phone, Ugh. and that she quit her job due to um, his advances. Who are, she was a former assistant of his. I hope I hope this isn't true. Oh. I don't. The thing is, he came out and said that you have no reason to believe anything I say. You know everything. Like I, I've seen the um, things. No, no, no. What you say is it's not true. No, no. He said like I can say it's not true, but you're not going to believe me because I'm the accused person. <sighs> That's what he said. And oh boy. So both Fox and National Geographic, which are the same company, they're both. Um, Parts of um, love the you know Twin Street Fox uh, studio. They're investigating the allegations because you know he has the Cosmo <laughs> show. Fox. Yeah, because I mean Fox and Alice Fox News. Yeah, well, yeah, but this, these are like the this is the part of Fox that Disney's about to own in a couple of months. So. Yeah, so oh, Disney okay. Disney can't say, be anywhere near this. Yeah, they can't be anywhere near this. This is way too hot. Yeah, so mm. we'll see what that mm. ends up. The other big story, of course, is about Salim Akio. So, for those who don't know, Salim Akio and his wife, Mara Brock Akio, run Akio Productions, which has produced, among other shows and movies, they produced The Girlfriends, The Game, mm-hmm. Jumping the Broom, uh, Sparkle, Being Mary Jane. Being Mary Jane. And they mm-hmm. currently produce Black Lightning for the CW and Love Is for Own. Mm. Love oh, is, wow. as people um, should be able to tell by watching it, is about them. Is they um, the characters are fictionalized versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And Love they, is hasn't actually aired yet. No, it's no, it's on own. Oh, it's on. Season okay. one is has um, already, already done. Already been done. Yeah. Okay. Um, last year, a woman named Amber Dixon Brenner sued Akio Productions because she says that Love is is based upon a screenplay that she wrote while she was working for Slee McKeel. That was basically a screenplay about a woman who was caught up in an abusive relationship with a man. She, this past November, well, a couple of weeks ago, updated her lawsuit to where now she also says that, well, also the things in my script are based on real events because me and Slee McKeel had this secret BDSM relationship we were both cheating our spouses with. 
And, Mm. but it went too far because, you know, I was made to do things that I did not find to be consensual, among Mm. which he was forcing, well, also, well, trigger warning, to be honest, because a lot of this was like very dark. Um, Like there was like forced sex. There was, she would, he would force her to lick walls in public. He was molesting her. It got got really graphic. It got really graphic. Like it was really, really a whole lot going on. Yeah. Wow. Um, so the thing is that, you know, they're going to have to determine, I guess, in court, how much of this was consensual, how, how much of it wasn't. And as you know, it might turn to his word against her situation. The thing is also Warner Brothers is investigating the claims, you know, because, you know, uh, Love Is and Black Lighting are both Warner Brothers productions. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, and both of those are shot in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I understand the people who work on both of those shows are concerned about their jobs. Mm. Right. They should be. Like, because, um, you know, it, it's not, because Love Is is about the Akils. And I don't think, right. Mar, I don't think Mara said anything at all. And I don't, I don't think I haven't heard any to. responses from her in the, in no, the, in the news. No, I haven't seen yeah. anything. Yeah. So there's, there's one of two outcomes. Either A, both shows get canceled or B, Salim is gone but Mara stays and they sort of kind of, and she does it Basically, she will have to, because she's the showrunner on Love Is, so that could continue, but she'll have to hire somebody to replace Salim on Black Lightning and run that show. Because wow. if if they cancel Love Is and they will have to, I guess, re redevelop Black Lightning with a different production company because yeah, it's because... tied too far into their deal with Warner Brothers for them yeah. just to replace them yeah. right outright. This, yeah, this whole thing They is... would have to get a new production partner to come in. And just and with their whole team. Figure out if they want to stay in Atlanta. They might stay in Atlanta and, you know, try to... But they could choose to go someplace else with it. This is a mess. Yeah, it's a oh, mess. Yeah. And also, Black Lightning's ratings yeah. aren't the best. In exactly. Two. So that's all the more yeah, reason. I haven't heard much about this season mm, at all. Yeah. I, all I, the more reason like to, last to... year, it has so much fanfare. Everybody was so hyped about it. I think it. it's like, because it was new and on, fresh. Quiet. Like, so this season, I've seen every episode except for the last one that aired this past Wednesday. It's okay. It's mm. just that it feels like it's 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 sort of kind of starting to buckle a little bit under its own weight. I have an idea about this. So I have a feeling that I would enjoy Black Lightning a lot more if it, if it was like how Netflix has just drops all the episodes for, uh, for a season oh, they- and just binge it. Because some of the episodes in Black Lightning, I've noticed, they feel so very detached. But then when I watch them in blocks, yeah, like they make sense better. So I feel like maybe, mm. man, if when it was like that, well, you know, but the thing is that is it is a network TV show. This is true. And so, so that's yeah. not going to happen. Right. I know it airs on Netflix outside of this country, but it airs on Netflix week to week. It is not like they drop it all at once. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like that's one thing about writing a show like that. You have to, you can't serialize it so much to the point where, because like Ali is correct. The biggest problem with Black, Black Lightning season two is that some of the episodes feel incomplete on their own. Because they're telling basically like three-part stories at a time. You know, the Book of Consequences, Chapter 1, Verse 3, Section Mm 7. These long-ass titles they got. Um, But yeah, like... Yeah, it's almost like as if Salim forgot that this is is a superhero show. Well, in in his eyes, I feel like it's 
I to be honest, I feel like in his eyes, because what he really did with this show, it's not about the superheroism, basically, as much as, as they've made the Pierce family a proxy for the Obamas. It's a, yeah, mm. it's a metaphor. Oh, it's a, because okay. it's, you know... I can see that. I can see that. Jefferson is Barack, uh, Linus Michelle, mm-hmm. Anissa is Malia, and um, Jennifer is Sasha. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because in the comics, these four characters have never shared... Well, when they were children, they shared a comic book panel in the Black Lightning origin comic that was done in 2009. But there's never been a Black Lightning comic where you have grown Anissa and teenage Jennifer and grown um, older Jefferson Pierce all in the same comic. They have existed in DC Universe in this form, but they've never appeared together. This is basically Selene pulling from the Black Lightning comic book, the Outsiders comic book, and the Justice Society of America comic book and bringing these characters together. Because they're all related, but this is like, they were spinoffs of each other that didn't really connect like this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is his own creation for these characters. So if he goes away, we want to see what the next person does with it. But at the same time, if these allegations are true, he needs to go away. Because I I was kind of a little bit sick reading that. Because, like... Yeah. It's it's yeah. hard to well, and, stomach. And two... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ali. No, I was just saying it's hard to stomach. The, um, Brandon obviously didn't go into de- into details of the graphic stuff. But when you read yeah, the graphic I, stuff... I, it, I had to skim over it. Yeah, it, I turns, it turns your stomach. Yeah. Really and truly, like, some of the stuff yeah. that's on there. I, I did some speed reading, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, like, I didn't want to read everything that happened on the show. Because, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, what were you about to say? I'm sorry. Um, I was well. I wanted to go back to Love Is because I wanted to talk about the reason why I stopped watching the show. Mm-hmm. Um, which so going back to what uh, what's the young lady's name? Mar- uh, her character or the real person? The the girl that oh has Am- allegations. Amber Amber Dixon Brenner. Amber. Okay, so back to what she was saying. How the script was based on like an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. That like made an antenna go up, and I was like, "Well, that's funny because watching Love Is, I was like, they, you know, before the show came out, they built this as like, oh, this is a love story based on our relationship, how we met, fell in love, blah blah blah." And so they were building this as like this, like you know, old school '90s love story. But you watch the show, and I was like, mm, "Something don't feel right." <laughs> I heard he was super problematic. Like, yeah, he was. And I was like, y'all just met. And he was like, you could just tell in the beginning, he's like very controlling. And a lot of it was to do with like the character, you know, like his ego because he wasn't working. He was on unemployment. He was living with his ex-girlfriend, but he didn't have anywhere else to go. He was basically homeless. So she was still letting him stay there. And then he had like a child back home that he couldn't really take care of. So of course his baby mama was giving him hell for that. So... And he, then he met, you know, Mara's character and, like, fell in love. And she's just very, like, naive and just is, like, you know, wants this Prince Charming to fall out of the sky. But it just got, like, I think I got maybe five episodes in. And I was like, this isn't a love story to me. I was like, this feels really, like, it wasn't, you know, abusive physically, but it was just very, like, emo- like you could just tell his character was overbearing. Right. Like, he had moments where it was like, Oh, you're serious, so sweet. And then it was like, mm, nah, I see so many red flags. Mm. And it just, I don't know, like, I can't really describe it, but the show just made me feel kind of 
it made me feel a way. And I was like, why are y'all pushing this show as being based on your, like, it's not making me like y'all as a couple. Mm, like, right. I wouldn't so what tell do you think nobody is, so what do you this think show is the was point, about our relationship. So what do you think is the I, point I of this show, so Latria? I confused as why they would do that. So like, what, as the show went on, it was like, why are you still, why would you do this? Latria, if I could, I want to ask you, like, what do you think is the point of the show? Like, what do you think the show is trying to get you to feel? I don't, I don't know, because I stopped watching, so I can't tell you how the rest of the season went. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I, I think it's just supposed to be, like, just a look at a relationship. Like, you know, there are a lot of shows that just kind of, like, a look at relationships. So this is just, like, a certain relationship dynamic that they're trying to show. But my whole thing was, like, they went on this whole press tour about love and love is. But then when you watch the show, it's just kind of like, hmm this isn't something that I would want to emulate. Like, this isn't anything that I would want to be like, oh, yeah, I want that that Yasir, and I can't remember what her character's name was. I want that type of look. Like, no, nah, I don't want none of that. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that, like, she, Amber, wrote that saying that her script was based on an abusive relationship, I'm just like, so... So, like, no, it makes sense? Like, yeah, it does. It really, I'm just like, okay, it is starting to line up and then and now I'm just like wow Salim you dirty bastard like how would you take this script based on abuse and then make your wife think that it's about y'all loving marriage <laughs> like that's a, that's dirty I haven't seen the the um, I haven't seen the the, the show at all but mm-hmm. what it sounds like from the outside, just listening, it's a cautionary tale. Of, it really is. You know, if if just don't blur the lines. If you have your outside life, you know, and you want to create um, a product for uh, network TV or for production or whatever, mm-hmm. just just keep it separate or loosely based or like Latria is saying, don't even mention it. Just, yeah, I'm just like, they just put it out like, there. This is about, I mean, they had all these kind of panels and interviews yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. They were really, they pulled all the stops. Oprah and Own pulled out all the stops for this mm-hmm. show. And then I'm watching Shoot. it and I'm like, no, nah, I can't. Like, I literally, I could not take his character. I don't think, I, I like, don't think Oprah's He gonna... is literally, his character was the reason why I stopped watching the show because I was like, I can't. I just, I can't. Yeah. So, yeah. so what is it going to say with all the people that ran with the, you know, ran with the dream of this couple based on this real life romance exactly. and promoted it and had panels and all this exactly. other stuff? So they're going to want to pull out all of this blowback, mm-hmm. and they're just out here looking really mm-hmm. like yeah. we believed you. Yeah. We, well, I mean, I feel bad because it's just yeah. kind of like you feel like you got egg on your face. You did kind of promo and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I. You were really Wow, this is really now. I, I will say they had the best music every single episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the '90s. The soundtrack they yeah, even the had a playlist; hits. like it was really good. Yeah. yeah, the thing is, like I always looked up to the Akils. I thought they were doing because like, you too. saw them. I love Mara. Yeah, because like you saw, like you know, they struggled with the whole film thing with jumping the broom and then with Sparkle, you know. But like being Mary mm-hmm. Jane, you saw so much growth in how they oh, approached yeah. that program. Oh yeah, that show, that show mm-hmm. had a, that show had was yeah. on yeah. Uh, had a highlight. For but a now while. I'm like, a part of me is kind of worried for her because mm-hmm. when you think of them, I think of Mara first. Like in my eyes, she's the more successful one. Maybe I don't know. He could be private, mm-hmm. but it just seems like she's always in the forefront. Yeah, I was surprised to learn that she didn't have as much to do with Black Lightning. Then I learned that, you know, she's handling Love Is, he's handling Black Lightning. And to be perfectly honest, 
I can tell when I watch Black Lightning that she's needed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But here's the deal, though. If they continue like this, and yeah, we, I don't, I'm also kind of concerned the fact that I don't hear anything from her. It makes me feel like as if she. Oh no, she's not going to say anything of, in, in public because no. it's going to jeopardize the case one way or the other. Well, I'm. It makes me feel some type of way. I'm just like, do I need to do we need to get a, a group together of pitchforks and 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 stuff and go over to his house and demand that you know you you release her? Well, I like I said on Facebook, I'm like, girl, blink twice, you know. <laughs> yeah. You need us to ride out. Oh no. Yeah, this is really uh, I mean I just I, I feel we, bad for her if it's really yeah. 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 I'm hoping that it's all like one big, you know, PR, like someone's just really angry and it's not true and they're just trying to do a smear campaign. That's what I'm hoping, which is not even, but you the, know, something positive. But I was like, oh, so it's yeah. not true. Okay, great. Mm. Yeah. But the, the problem, the problem is, is that like is you hear about this kind of stuff happening yeah. all the time. And the evidence people, is so damning. You know, like they write scripts and they'll have people that they consider mentors. Mm-hmm. And or that they look up it. to them like, hey, can you read this? Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. And the next thing you know, it'll get developed. Yeah. But then the person will sue and the person will be like, I never, I, I've never met this person in my life. Yeah. I never mm. saw this. Before. Like I heard, I was hearing about it on um, that screenwriters rant room podcast. They were talking about how like people just you know, like if they don't respond to you, like sometimes they'll use that as being like, oh well, you know, we didn't correspond. Yeah, because so, like blah, blah. I can believe it. It's kind of like you you don't have a a leg to stand on because they can be like, no, nah, we didn't have we didn't talk about this. Plus, you mm-hmm. can't copyright an idea. You can only copyright an execution. Right. Yeah. So if I so, say wait, what was that, Brandon? You can't what? Can't copyright an idea, only an execution. So I if I say I'm working on mm-hmm. a script about my secret idea is that puppies are gonna take over the world, and you're like, oh cool, oh cool, that's interesting. Or if you don't respond at all, you just hear that and go write your own script about puppies taking over the world. I can't sue you for that unless you use the same character names as I did, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Also, oh my yeah, goodness. So they can also, basically you, you sh- take it and yeah. rework it to how they want to. Yeah. Yep. So that's what part of me is kind of like, I can't, you know, part of me is like, I don't, this really could be true because they do it all the time. Yeah. For people, creative people out there, before you give somebody your 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 stuff to read over, copyright, copyright, or file, or file it with the WGA if it's yeah. a screenplay or a teleplay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Copyright your that stuff. That was my and next also, question. Like, how do you, how do you, f- Prevent that from happening. Also, make sure that you sit right there and be like, "I'll hold it while you read." Yeah, and then I'm gonna take it back. Also, make sure that some of your stuff actually have a copy. (laughs) Also, make sure that some of your stuff is developed enough so that way there's like some good, you know, um, hard copy evidence of the of at least a partial execution. So that way, the um, the if they try to come back after it and take it, you have the right to sue. Right. Mm. So yeah. that is that's yeah. heartbreaking. So that way the Library of Congress is the Library of Congress, right, for Brandon? Years. That does your copyright yeah. stuff. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. If you work something for years, it's really important. Like what was the question on? It's is the Library of Congress, right? That yeah. that deals with copyright. So yeah, so that way they have always a copy. You can refer to them, you know, they you, so you can be like, Hey, here's here, here's the stuff that I created, partially created at least, and it's all in writing. Here it is, hard copy. So so just just mindful yeah. people out there. And and I really mm-hmm. I really hope that you know this 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 gets resolved quickly because people people's jobs are on edge. Yeah. Right now. People yeah. I, I have a friend like I have a friend who knows because it's kinda like mm. Yeah. I have a friend who knows who's um 
one knows the Black Lightning staff and who's worked with the Black Lightning staff before, and they're all on eggshells, not eggshells, but they're all very um, pins and needles. Pins and needles because they don't know, again, if like Brandon explained. Yeah, like Brandon explained, right. um, something like so is a it's huge undertaking. Like you don't know t- if you could, you know, go out and look for something else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I remember it's a, a job like that. Away. Right. I remember a job like that. It takes it takes months out of your life. Yeah. Right. right. So you exactly. you put everything on hold to do this, and so you. If you think that season two or or season three is going to happen, you plan ahead and you say, okay, I'm going to be out for this amount of time. And so you you plan around it. Now, if this is in limbo and you've already made mm-hmm. plans for next year, this really messes with you. So, yeah, I just want this to be resolved so that these people can, you know, know what, what it yeah, is that's going on. Yeah, stuff is already in production. So it's kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. You got to try to slide and find another job really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that's something. That's those are those stories. And so the final story when say rest in peace to Steven Hillenberg, who is the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob. Easily the most popular Nickelodeon character of this era. True. Uh he actually is suffering from ALS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was only 57 years old. Wow. But yeah, so rest in peace to him. My goodness gracious, like that's that's terribly young to be passing away. Mm-hmm. And then like from ALS, like of course SpongeBob first aired in 1999, and you know appeals to you know both young people. That and old long people. ago, mm-hmm. yeah. Because when it was new-ish, I'm trying to think when I actually remember like hearing about SpongeBob. Wow. Like when it was new-ish, my college roommates used to watch it all the time. Um, and so, like, I, SpongeBob's been around for a good long while. I know, oh, yeah. that's one of those that's been around so long. I can't remember, like, when I actually started paying attention to it. Yeah, ne- next year oh. would have been the 20th anniversary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so rest in peace to him. And mm-hmm. for everybody else, thank you so much, you guys, for listening to our show. If you've liked what you've heard, you can go to SSNpodcast.com and find more. You can find the Say Something Nice podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, where Browns Great Podcasts can be found. Or am I forgetting? Uh, please go to um, iTunes and to Stitcher and rate us five stars. It really helps out the show. Uh, gosh. Taking a week off was like, ah, <laughs> my rhythm, I'm sorry. Uh, anything else before we go, y'all? Um, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Go out and vote. Well, uh, well, yes. If you live in Georgia, there's a oh, runoff yeah, Secretary go of State. And for, what was the other thing? Because they texted me about it. I, I voted last, La- Is it Labor Commissioner? I think it might be Labor Commissioner. No, like, Public Service. Public Service. Public Service Commissioner, commissioner. It might be. I don't know. I'm looking they, right somebody now. Somebody texted me earlier today. Yeah, they, like, they, they texted know. me too. Um, public Service Commissioner, you're right. Yeah. Yes. So go out and vote December the 4th because uh, early voting is over. So December the 4th is probably when this episode comes out. So please go vote uh, because, you know, the whole Stacey Adams, Stacey, Adams, Stacey Abrams thing didn't work out. We got the man who was shooting guns in his fucking commercial. Mm. Oh, That's my God. Jesus Christ. And every time he talks, like, he reminds me of... Um, Slavery. What's the guy? <laughs> huh? Oh, well, yeah. De- I was about to say, yeah, he definitely reminds me of slavery and racism. But what's the guy who's the uh, head of the the AG, 
of the U.S. What's his name? Um, oh, Jeff Sessions. Jeff yeah, Sessions. Elmer Fudd. Yeah, okay, who Elmer lost Fudd. his job. Yeah, like both of them, like it's like when they open their mouth, it's like 1800s. Mm-hmm. Like on the plantation. Just struggle, That's just exactly struggle. exactly what it reminds me You're looking of. for where Scarlett O'Hara is. And Mitch McConnell. Kent's. Oh, I hate. Howdy doody. I just, I try not to use the word hate, but God, I hate that man so he much. Like, he looks like howdy doody. Mm-hmm. Brought the life. Mm. Where's the blue fairy to turn his ass back into a puppet? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. But yeah, please go vote, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Say Something Nice podcast. I am Brandon. This is Ali. Coffee Light Sweet. And Latria. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.